Hey gang, Hydraberg here to help you say farewell to Browvember. I know it left as fast as it came. It's been fun though. Luckily, Rob from Cinemigos and the Circle of Jerks podcast is here to help us usher out this hilarious theme with 1932's Murder in the Rue Morgue. It's been a Browvember to remember, and episode 126 of A Cut Above Horror Review is starting now. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight, sadly, we'll be finishing up the final week of Browvember, a month dedicated to the unibrow in horror. I know it's a sad, sad day, but we're going to go out with a bang uh, and make the most of it, or rather a brow, make the most of it. (laughs) So tonight we'll be talking about the murders in the Rue Morgue from 1932. Let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, a very special welcome back to our good friend Rob from the Circle of Jerks podcast and the Cinemigos podcast. What's up, Rob? What's going on? Glad to glad to be back talking a film that I know very well uh, <laughs> with the Universal Monsters. And you know, I was talking with uh, Steve and Leo and Nicole, and I heard that if I make a fifth appearance, there's a special plaque that you guys send me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, we do. Yeah, don't we worry. FedEx, we... though, so there's a really good chance it might not show up to your house. Yeah, it's virtual. No, I'm just it's kidding. Virtual. Anybody that works yeah. with FedEx, I will no, deliver I'm, I'm... it myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I'm really excited to talk about this film. I'm a huge Bela Lugosi fan, fellow Hungarian. So it's uh, it's it's gonna be fun to talk about. That's cool. Yeah. And you're the perfect person to have on the show. Uh, I feel like you and I are kindred spirits a little bit and that we tend to go back in time. We tend to like some of those older classics. Um, this you know. this is literally stuff that I watch for joy all the time. Like I love this era of film in the 30s, the, just as it's coming into the sound era and seeing all the ingenuity of trying to do something different uh, You know, on our episode on the Cinemigos M. The guys were not super fond of that film, but I love it. So it was uh, great to talk about. And uh, this film also kind of has a little bit of that as well. Mm-hmm. Like fun ingenuity. Yeah. And this might be the first American film that we uh, that has the unibrow, although it is set in Paris. So, I, you know, it's I guess it's a technicality. Yep. But still an American film. So. There still an American film. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I can't wait to hear your perspective on this film in particular, Rob. So thanks again for taking your time to come on and, and be with us tonight. I'm pretty no excited. Problem. All right. Next up, we got Hydra. I'm sorry. Braula Lugosi is here. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I just wanted to tell you guys that uh, when your fears subside and shadow still remains. Oh, yeah. I know that you can love me when there's no one left to blame. So never mind the darkness. We still can find a way because nothing lasts forever. Even cold Browvember rain. <laughs> I love the Guns N' Roses reference right yeah, there. Yeah, so oh. don't cry, guys. I know Browvember is coming home, to a close, but, you know. And for those of you listening at home, you know, he's we're doing a 90-year-old plus film. And, of course, you know, he has the gray unibrow. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it. it's an old film. So I have the old brow. And it's, it's not a straight a across. Brow. It's not a straight across unibrow. It's like a no, McDonald. It's like a, it's like a gray thing. arches. Like uh, it could. Like you could easily trim this into no two brows, but I'm just too lazy. You know what I mean? It's like one brow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. And last but not least, we got John. What's going on, John? 
What's going on? I'm not muckying around here. Um, yes, I'm very sad about Brow Venter being over. Uh, Heidelberg, Jacqueline, what's going on? Rob, welcome back, my friend. Um, I do want to give a plug to two other podcasts that Rob's on. Um, uh, obviously, The Cinemigos uh, with our buddy Heidelberg and John. Uh, fantastic. Yeah fantastic a podcast if you have not checked that out i loved your guys's episode on diamonds are forever oh, me, per- me personally i'm not the biggest bond fan but i can sit down and watch it and get enjoyment out of it but check out that episode it's so much fun also want to give a huge plug to C- circle of jerks i know Heidelberg and i have been on jacqueline what's up you need to be on this show with ask yeah, him yeah. not me yeah, i'm not yeah. in charge yeah we, we but yeah yeah, we did okay. the. Uh, okay, I don't have feelings. It's all right. <laughs> what did we do? Uh, we did Peep and Tom, which came out just uh, the, a few weeks ago, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun talking about that. The grandfather of the slasher film with you. Yep. I gotta watch that Stay- still, man. I still gotta watch. I gotta tell you, I'm having the worst time trying to get that on physical media. I'm really frustrated. It's that hard. is a movie I have wanted for, and it's such a classic film. Like, why is it so hard to get? Do you have any insight on that, Rob? Like, why I, is it not available? I don't what? know why. I think it's because... Wasn't it, list, wasn't it like, blacklisted or something for a while? Or that, something? That's probably why. Like, I, I assume that at some point, like, a guy like Scorsese is going to, you know, make something happen there with, you know, film preservation. Because uh, he's a huge um, uh, Michael Powell fan. Like, he's a super fan of Michael Powell. Yeah. Uh, and he's the reason why we even, like, have Peeping Dom available at all. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah, God bless so, Marty. Yeah, it's I know oh, it's Marty. Still, it's still up on Tubi right now, and it's, it's oh, a, is it really? Yeah, it's a beautiful restoration. It, it looks, is. Uh, but yeah, as far as physical media goes, I assume there's going to be a Criterion release of this at some That's point. What I keep waiting for, I I could have sworn that there already was, and I was like, one no, day I was like, oh, I'm going to treat myself, and I went to go, and I couldn't find. It. I'm like, I nope. could have sworn there was. Trust a me, I would I would have it in my collection now if it was available. But they have a lot of other Michael Powell films like Black Narcissus and uh, uh, Matter of Life and Death, also, and so all sorts of great stuff that he's done, but not that one. Well, thank you for telling me about Tubi. I'm currently adding it to my list right now. I didn't realize it was there, but that's good. Oh, it's to great. Know. You're going to love it. It's a great movie. I mean, I've, I've seen it, but I just, um, okay. yeah, I've seen it. Jacqueline. I, just, uh, I don't remember how I saw it before. I think it was when Netflix still had discs. I don't remember how I saw yeah. it before. Yeah. Tubi has, has everything. So, I mean, you want to watch Peeping Tom, fantastic. You want to watch Eva Bong, you can do that as well. That would be the lineup I would plan for myself the next time Joey goes out of town, for sure. That's a double feature right there. I, <laughs> I can't imagine a better one. Rob, going back to Cinemigos real quick, I wanted to compliment you on your M episode. That was one of my favorite episodes that y'all have oh, done. I, I figured Thank you would you. like that one a lot. Um, just I love that movie, and it was fun yeah. introducing a guys to the guys to uh, a movie that I know that they hadn't seen, so it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. I have a special cool, yeah. fondness for Peter Lorre. So, um, one of my another fellow Hungarian. I love him. Yeah. So. I should, f- trivia fact about old Jacqueline here. Um, in high school, I was in a version, a play version of uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, and I played oh, the Peter Lorre role from the movie. Oh, that's awesome. So, nice. Yeah, it's one of my fun. mom's favorite movies. She loves that. So uh, good. It's yeah. so good. They have a really criterion is. release of it too. Nice. I, I just have it on plain old regular DVD from like, I don't know, 2003. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> yeah, still good. Uh, although I see Hyderberg sh- shuddering right now. No, no, no. <laughs> DVD. I was just fixing my brow. I added the uh, Peeping Tom to my Tubi. That's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before I forget. Anyway. 
All right. So, John, you want to yes. give us some horror news to kick off the evening officially? This is this is unfortunate news. Um, Scream 7 is happening. However, um, two of the main characters will not be there from Scream 5 and 6. Uh, it looks like Melissa Barrera, uh, she got fired from some... I'm trying to figure out how to word this. So some what can be considered offensive social media posts in regards to what's going on in the Middle East right now. So she was immediately fired. Uh, she will not be in the movie. And unfortunately, Jenna Ortega is not going to be a part of the movie either oh, because she's got scheduling conflicts with the Netflix smash Wednesday for season two. So she'll be fil- filming that. Mm. I mean, Man. that's I, I I don't want to get into like a political discussion about it, but I don't sure, know. Sure. Like, I it's a little bit of a bummer that these characters that we've gotten used to over the past two movies won't be in the films. But if I'm being totally honest, the last two films I think have been on a on a downward tra- trajectory for me anyway. So I don't know. Maybe this is just a time to sort of call it quits. You haven't seen the newest one. I did. Oh, you yeah. did. See well, that. and. We we talked about that, Jacqueline. Uh, mm-hmm. Where it's like, if at the after the end of the sixth one, it's like I liked it. It, it it's a formula that works for me. But even my wife and I, who uh, my wife loves this series too, she's like, I don't know where they can take it from here. Like at, at this point, like there's not really much there. Like I'm sure that they'll, they'll find a way. But man, I I don't know. It's maybe this is like a kind of a. It's meant to be that like let's just. Let's just end on like a good note. Let's not yeah, like, like let's not struggle to revive the remaining scraps and like yeah. just maybe yeah, call it quits for now until we're ready to reboot it. again in 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's fine. But Radio Silence actually rebooted it with five. So they directed like right. what five and six, but they're not attached to direct this. I think there's mm-hmm. they still have a, a production credit for it. Yeah. No, but, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it just, yeah, they dropped it, out. Yeah, it just seems to me that it's just, you guys are right. I mean, just let it go. I mean, you know, to be honest, need... part six was my least favorite in the franchise so far. There's There agree. were things I liked about it, because like, like you said, that. Rob, your wife, um, there that the Scream formula works for me. I really like this series, uh, but there was a lot in parts five and six that did not work for me. And to me, it felt like it was kind of, uh, yeah, going downhill. So mm-hmm. yeah, not my favorite entries, not terrible, but not my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the first four screams, but I, I haven't seen five and six. And it's oh, just, so? it, okay. and, and, and maybe it's not so near and dear to my heart because, That's fine. you know, obviously like, I'm old and I walk around <laughs> with a walker and, you know, I love Halloween. I, Wait, I you know, know, my feet back in. Yeah. I think what it was, uh... <laughs> where's that Michael Myers? Hey, what? what? <laughs> Rob, you totally took me by surprise with that. I was not prepared. Uh, the new one was supposed to be directed by Christopher Landon, right? He did yes. the Happy Death Days. Right, right. And the Freaky Freaky Friday. What do we, uh, Freaky, yeah. Freaky. Have we yep. covered? Freaky, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was kind of excited about that because I do like those two movies a lot. Yeah. But, I don't know. Eh. But it's a bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think there's just like like so much bad juju around this movie right now. It's like, yeah, absolutely, put it on the shelf. Let's right just now. like read the writing on the wall and yeah, no shit. Rest. Mm-hmm. Let's, However, let's this in like twenty years, maybe we'll get something else out of it. It's right, but thing. yeah, and and since they're coming out of the actor strike and the writer strike, you know, there's just I think Hollywood's just trying to grasp at straws, to, you know, just trying to grab uh, you know, as much success as they can. And I feel like like just knowing the, 
Yeah. Well, and just like knowing all this drama around the casting and stuff, I feel like you're going to, even if they did pull it together and release part seven, I feel like they would get way fewer butts in the seats and the theaters than if none of this had taken place, just because certain people are going to want to make a stand like, oh, I'm not going to support this movie because they fired her wrongfully. And, you know, maybe you'd have some people making that up. Like, I want to go see this movie specifically because I, you know, support their casting mm-hmm. decision, you know, and firing her. So, like, but I don't think it would even out. I just don't well, think I it's the best circumstances. Wreck of a movie. Well, so I just don't think it's the out. best circumstances let's, in which to, like, make it and release a movie. Yeah, yeah I know. Anyway, Come on, take after like, Damon Leone and just release, release this nice teaser trailer of Art the Clown killing kids, all right? Come on. <laughs> Nobody's offended by that. He didn't kill that kid. There's no proof of that. She's mm. on the screen and then the scene changes. It's You're right. She is definitely alive and well. Yeah, she's fine. Yep. She's going to be in the next hero in the Terrifier 4. Yep. <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, the only other story I have, um, I'm so happy to see it back and I have not seen the sixth season, but the horror sci-fi anthology series Black Mirror has been ordered by Netflix for a season seven. Cool. Uh, there's there's no information about the production of it, just because we have been in a strike. But um, my goal is to actually watch that whole season of season six. I I just watched the newest season recently. It wasn't yeah. bad. I enjoyed it. I mean, does it hold up to like like the previous seasons? Because I thought Black Mirror was great. You know, I mean, I do too. I mean, it's hit or miss sometimes with an episode. Sure, sure. Bad episodes, I think, are still awesome ideas, and like they're made well. They're just like. It's like a Twilight episode, you know? Like, yeah, well, like Tales from the Crypt or Twilight yeah, Zone like, or something like that, you know? I think it, Black it, Mirror's look, mostly always good. Uh, I like the newest season for the most part, man. I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah, I liked okay. it better than the season before that. Okay, that's fair. Now, I haven't seen a ton of Black Mirror, to be honest with you. I've only seen, like, a smattering of episodes. But am I correct in perceiving it as being, like, basically little short morality tales or little like kind of thematic episodes that have some kind of a moral to them, or is that not sometimes? Accurate? Yeah, for the well, it, it does. In Hyderabad, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, it's more about technological advancement. Yeah. Like, like, like the the whole idea is like technology kind of fucking us over, you know. But you that know, plays into what Jacqueline's saying too about like people's like morals and stuff like that. that. The way right. they use things well, or like. Or like cautionary uh, tales, yeah. so to speak. So if, if that's the case, then it it definitely sounds more like a modern day, uh, like a Twilight Zone. Yeah, and it's an anthology, so it's not really you can just jump in anyway. Yeah, yeah. Not There's some connection here and there once in a while, like you'll pick not up explicitly on the egg, but, and continuously. Yeah. yeah, they had one where it was like interactive, like you had to make choices on Netflix, like a choose your own adventure. That's, that's what it was. That's called yeah. Bandersnatch. That's it, Bandersnatch. I, I couldn't think of the yeah, name that's of it. But, it's I mean, interesting. That, that, that sounds cool. It's that's a choose-your-own-adventure oh movie. My I played it a couple times. child heart just leapt. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And there's other stuff that's come out since then on Netflix. That, like They've been uh, messing around with interactive storytelling. That is I think it's going to be more uh, effective nowadays. Like, if they do a season seven, because... The big the I, I guess the big thing uh, for the actors was the AI, the AI situation of like using my likeness or my voice without my permission into a movie, you know? Yeah. And they kind of use they kind of did that already in the last season of uh, mm. Black Mirror. Interesting. Touched on that, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's something different. I mean, obviously, I like it. Tech- 
technological anthology horror sci-fi type shit. Yeah, I'm nothing good. else out like cool. it. Yeah. I need to. Sure. I think I need to like uh, you know make the commitment to actually watch that show in earnest now. Yeah, it's it, not like the first couple seasons. I would highly recommend Bandersnatch and just play along with it. I mean, because you can get a good or a bad thing. I, no, I, I won't spoil. Art uses okay. a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. The whole thing's ruined. Now I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other news for us? That's it. Sorry. Can I add it's a small slow. thing? Please. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to report that on two- last Tuesday, I saw Thanksgiving in a the theater. Mm-hmm. Okay. How was it? That was a super fun experience. Oh, nice. Man. Can't wait. I want. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch this. I haven't been able to get Same. to the theater yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm rarely able to get to a theater, but I had to make it. I've been waiting for what 16 years for this movie. I'm like, I'm making this happen because so, I've wanted this movie to exist since 2007 when I first saw the fake trailer. So um, now it's here, and I'm not going to say much about it other than that I was pleased. Now we just need to get the Rob Zombie one made. Oh. Nice. Nicely Man. done. Nicely That's, done. And organic, I, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, you know, Eli is like hit or miss for me. The one thing I love hearing him talk about is horror. Like, he's when he's been on Joe Bob or he's been on like uh, Postmortem with Mick Garris, like anytime he's talking about something, he's got so much passion for horror movies. You watch his show? I, Oh, yeah, the, and the, and the, the po- he has a podcast version of yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. I I have, and and he's just he's so knowledgeable, but he's like he he's got such reverence for horror movies. And well, he's again, like I one of us. Like he's the I, ultimate yeah. fanboy. Yeah, I feel absolutely. the same way about Rob Zombie actually. When yeah, uh, same. When he's in interviews, and he's in that show a, a frequent a, a good amount. Um, he's been in there season. twice, right? Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's just like them yeah. talking about like older movies because Rob Zombie's like a really big. Like this movie would be perfect for one of his videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I'm think sure that... he's used the unibrow in his video before. <laughs> no, I, I heard an episode. I I haven't watched the show, but I I listened to the podcast version of it, mm-hmm. and there was an episode that Quentin Tarantino was on, and at that time Quentin revealed that he had never seen Rosemary's Baby. What? And I was like, Whoa. What? Of, of all the films that he has what? seen. That's mm-hmm. one that he missed. It's crazy. The thing I about. like, I it does not compute. I. No. <laughs> I, I was actually. How did he miss that? I don't know, but I was appalled. Yeah, the because uh, I was listening to uh, QT, uh, Quentin's uh, podcast, the Video Archives podcast. That I'm listening to this episode that Eli Roth is on, talking about uh, Italian horror films and like all that. And I think uh, was it, uh, the other guy that it's on that podcast, Roger Avery, who helped write uh, Pulp Fiction with Quentin. Yeah. Uh, his daughter has a show and she interviewed uh, Eli Roth about Thanksgiving and like how that all came about. And so I'm actually looking forward to listening to that as well. So, yeah, I want to go see it's Thanksgiving. The, it's the Gala Avery show, I think is the podcast title for that. So if you enjoyed Thanksgiving, you might want to check that out and get some uh, behind the scenes of what happened there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I am curious to see what. Go ahead, continue to talk. I want to see what Thanksgiving got on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. I've heard nothing but great things. Like people are loving Same. this film, which is you know it's coming out what fifteen some years 16. later. Yeah, yeah, sixteen years later. Mm-hmm. It's you think like oh this movie based off of a fake trailer. How is this going to work out after? I mean, look, Machete's a good movie and we like i like hobo, hobo with, with a shotgun, shotgun enough yeah like, hobo with yeah. shotgun was freaking awesome yeah I so that. i'm cool like yeah. so are, 
Do you guys want to take a guess of what Thanksgiving is on Rotten Tomatoes? Just real quick. Critics, critics are using 89. Uh let's let's do both. Uh make two guesses. So we'll do uh we'll do critics and then we'll do audience. 77 yeah, critics, 89. Critics are gonna be 30. I'm gonna say the audience is gonna be 85. Oh, I think the critics are going to be higher because I think critics are going to be okay with taking it for what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be expecting hereditary from it. Um, I think the critics, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to say 80% for critics. Okay. And audience. Audience, I'm going to say 90. That's that's a very good guess. Uh, This is probably the closest score I've ever seen on a horror movie. It is certified fresh. Uh, Critics gave it an 82 the, oh. audience, the audience gave it a 79%. Really? Oh. That's pretty yeah. close. That's pretty that is close. Very I'm close. It's a little bit lower, though. I would think yeah. it would just be a little bit higher for audience. Well, it's only got 119 reviews from the uh, mm. from, from the, the critics. But, you know, obviously, you got trolls out there that would be like, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another slasher. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually it, would like Rob Zombie to make that movie. I do. Like, that's I the too. one. That's the Fucking one. Make though, it, I want him bro, to make. Go for it. Yeah, make it. It would be unique and creative. Maybe he'll take a page from Eli's book and consider yeah. it. Well, if you make it, and then like we can get a Roger. We can get a um. What's his name? Uh, who who did the don't trailer again? Edgar Wright. Edgar right? Wright. Yeah. 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 Whatever the fuck that movie is, don't don't go in there. Don't. don't. That, that's the next. You're one thinking of going out. down in the basement. Don't. don't. So I watched a movie a while ago. It was called Don't Look in the Basement. A, a customer of mine recommended it to me. Isn't there like, like weird little creatures down there or something? Nah. There was a, there was something like that. There's like Don't Look well, in the Basement. Well, this one's called Don't Look in the Basement. There's a, re- like, a uh, with Katie Holmes. No, this is different. What am I this thinking? Old. I don't it's know called Don't Panic, and the guy is actually just wearing pajamas. That's yeah. all. Hold on. I have to look this up. And he up knocks now. over a bunch of pencils. He's like, yeah. okay i have to find out what this is because i really thought it was don't don't maybe it's like don't go downstairs or don't maybe yeah but the the one i'm talking about is called don't look in the basement but so i'm saying this is a a remake that this is about like a psychiatric uh hospital like home okay hold on i'm gonna find it talk amongst yourselves and it takes place in like the i I like your background man is that (laughs) really that that's that's not something yeah, that's... from the movie, is it? That, so it, the poster's yeah. weird. That's supposed to be Bella? Because it looks like oh, a lady. Yeah, so the, those 30s posters were always very artistic. It didn't necessarily uh, represent what was happening in the film, you know, per se. And so it would be, like, very exaggerated, very colorful. Uh, and so, yeah, that is Bella Lugosi, but it's a very artistic version of Bella Okay. Lugosi. I kept waiting for that character to show up. I was like, maybe there's another brow. <laughs> It looks like Doctor Sam Loomis without the beard. Yeah, <laughs> it's called "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." Sorry. Oh, isn't that Sorry, the show? That's "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Oh, uh, I was thinking of the board game "Don't Wake Daddy." Don't My kids love that game. We play it all the time, <laughs> especially because their daddy is a sleep doctor and he is yeah. very protective of his sleep. And so, like that, it's not just a game; it's how we live our life. <laughs> Don't. Wake if you have da- to go to that's, the bathroom, that's our next horror movie. That's our next horror movie. <laughs> Don't. If you're thinking of waking don't. up, Daddy. Don't. don't. If you're thinking of yeah, putting great. milk in your cereal, don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect movie. That's the movie I'm going to make. That's going to be my directorial debut. Nice. Oh, man. I'm going to watch it. That'd be great. Thank you. All right. 
You guys ready to get into the murders of Rue Morgue now? That's yeah. not what it's called. Murders in the Rue Morgue now. <laughs> yeah, let's do this thing. All right. Uh, so once again, the, it's my week, but it's not technically my pick. So nobody should ask me uh, why I picked this movie because I didn't. Jacqueline, why'd you pick? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> um, but somebody should ask me whether Does it, it fuck or suck, up. Jacqueline. Oh, thank you. That's, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, all right. So this movie, it's it's a good time. You're going to have a good time with it. But I do feel like it is a little bit of a tame fuck. There's nary a titty suck or 69 to be had mm. here. Um, it's kind of, it's it's a little tame by today's standards. And so I think, um, you know, in terms of like thrills and chills, it's a wee bit flaccid. But your fuck partner is very beautiful to look at. Very physically attractive. So that's mm. that's where I come in on that. So if you're shallow, it's good. So if you're shallow and all you care about is appearances, this is yeah. going to be a ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it, there may be a little bit more beauty than substance here. It's just mm. it's a it's a little bit of a tame, a flaccid fuck. Not not so many thrills. Robert, what say you? Oh man, we're I think we are kindred spirits, Jacqueline. Uh, just like the uh, the actors and directors involved, it's it, it it haunted them. It's it's a fuck that haunted them, and that they, they don't want to revisit anytime soon. It's a flaccid fuck. John, how's that girl? Well, what would she think? I have to be into the bar. Uh, she left yeah. already. My name's Deborah. Um, okay, it's Brenda. Brenda, <laughs> or is Brenda it Deborah? They're all the butt. same. I think it's Deborah. What? Where What's did that like, come from? Why song. are you? Brenda got oh. a big old butt, and oh, okay. maybe it's Camille. No, I told you I'd be yeah. true, but Brenda got a Camille. big old butt, so I'm leaving you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a gorilla traveling through the forest, and I just went deep shit crazy about this movie. Oh um, my! Mm. Okay. Um, I'm kidding, by the way. I'm just trying oh. to use as many ape puns as I can. Oh. Um, what are you doing to us? It's like Did a roller bananas over around. the film. Oh my! I God, went I so bananas. Um, <laughs> That's funny. It's like King Kong, Kong on a building. I don't know. Uh, funny you should. Be no, they, yeah. This is like like, and I I agree with you, Rob and Jacqueline that that it's like you are attracted to this, but the juice isn't worth the squeeze. That you're like, I enjoyed it, and it's an hour and fifteen minutes, and it's like. 15? Hang on, what version did you watch? Where'd you get that extra 14 at? Mine oh, ended at the... 60 minutes and 40 seconds. Where'd you watch it? Yes. It was... uh, actually, Rob gave me his criterion, but I actually yeah, so that's what I, I watched it on criterion I, too. That's I, I know, I know, but I saw it on a different one. So, you know, maybe I got the extra 13 minutes or whatever. Uh, I, I forgot the name of the streaming service, but I found it. I feel jipped. <laughs> there, there, I'm now, jipped. there was potentially an a cut of this, but that's that's a different story. John's got the lost cut. He was on the dark yeah, web he, and he watched but, it. But it. Nonetheless, it, did, it was short. Uh, I, I yeah. wasn't bored. You know how many snuff films did, you had to it, trade for that thing? I did. I mean, I, I had to get the uncut version of Serbian film. How many do I have to make Serbian to get film. Film. Yeah. I, I, I got the uncut version of Serbian film. Um, I had to trade it. But I know. Okay. Um, no, it's a, like, like, yeah, like you guys said, I'm, it's more of a flaccid fuck flaccid. for me. I mean, it's like, it didn't keep me hard. Draw. It didn't keep me hard. No. <laughs> Just pull it in half and stuff it in, buddy. I know, but it just flopped out again, you know? Guys. <laughs> Boom. No, 
that was some vivid mental imagery. (laughs) That was vivid. Hydroberg, please save us. Yeah, I'm ready to come in with my fucks or sucks. Yeah, he is. All right. You are the street fair. And from across the fair, you see an ape giving you the eye. You don't blame him. You have a new bonnet on, the yellow one. He beckons you towards him with his apish good looks. His handler with the unibrow wants to watch. You let him. This ape fucks. The casualness with which you said, you let him. (laughs) Yeah. That was like a mini reach around. That was so um, Mm. well-crafted. I thought of that one, yeah. Oh, my God. I tried to I tried to ape, if you will, the lady at the end of the bar. Yes, I I got I picked (laughs) up on that. I feel like that should go in our coffee table reach around book in like an index or like an an appendix rather forward. Yes, yes. Uh, That was that was your best fucks or sucks ever. And like I I didn't even think I needed to be rating them. But but that one was so high quality. Thank you. All right. Uh, step, all right. Step your games up. All right, guys. I, I feel Sorry. like a slacker. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, John, you want to give us that spoiler warning so we can start reviewing? Absolutely. We'll be talking about the murders in the Rue Morgue from 1932 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it. All right. Hyde Bird, do you have an official reach around plot summary for us? Yes, I have an actual reach around. Right. <clears throat> Hold on. Don't One's fold it. Yeah, I'm not going to fold it and stuff it in. Don't worry. <laughs> How elegant of you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> only the best, uh, the only the most romantic here for me. So, Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> could have been talking about anything. Maybe an envelope that got stuck in the chute. You know what I mean? Just fold it and stuff. Who it. knows? Yeah. Or like a piece of pizza. Just fold it and stuff it in there. You know what I mean? Get stuff, slut. Yeah, get stuff, <laughs> slut. You know what I mean? By the way, I said that to Joey the other day. Yes, oh, my I said, God. Without context? No, I, I, there was a little bit of context. Um, and do you know the first thing he said? He said, that sounds like something an Australian would say. And I was oh like, it God. was. <laughs> nice. Damn, Joey fucking. Look, check out the big brain on Brain's Brett. On Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has traveled extensively in his life and knows a lot about a lot of different um, places and cultures and peoples. And so he's just that kind of, yeah. When we first met, he asked me my ethnicity. And when I told him I was Mexican and Persian, he says, well, that sounds like a combination that can only happen in Southern California. And I said, that's where I was born. (laughs) Wow. He's he's just like that. Damn, Joey. Motherfucker's like brain, man. (laughs) I'm going to tell him you said that. Uh, Does he have the power? No, he hears. He listens to the show, Jacqueline. Yes. Don't burst my bubble, Joey. Joey. Does he have the powers of the dead zone? Did he just like touch something that was near you and he just figured yes, that's it? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Started to shake. Yes, Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. So yeah, I said get stuff slut. And he's like, that sounds like something an Australian it's Australian Rocky. would say. Get stuff yeah. slut. <laughs> that was Holy. not good, but okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was not good either. Yeah. But it's it did make me a little hungry. Dude, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm the Outback where the I bread is love, free. I do love Outback. Anyway, reach around. Family. Reach around. Yeah. Are we getting a reach around here? Yeah, I got you. For, I got, I got you. a little derailed here. Sorry, I'm not doing my job. Camila Damsel lost her bonnet. Pierre, her suitor, thought he was on it. Shakespearean sonnet. Apish hands turned Pierre purple. A doctor showed up, a miracle. All he needs is your address and a blood sample. A browmost villainous, this doctor must not be trusted. Into the mind of a madman we're thrusted until Pierre catches on and he's busted. 
An ape with an eye for true beauty. Thinks Camille is his cutie. Now the doctor is creeping all Snoopy. His brow fixed on his science. He needs this young lady's blood with forceful compliance. Her blood is a match, but the ape has a conscience. Eric the ape with mouth agape. Kills his oppressor and makes his escape. Absconds with Camille. Pierre on his tail. Disregard for red tape. A showdown on the roof without much dialogue. Man versus ape and a brow to catalog with murders in the room morgue. Oh, so good. Well done. Nice. nice. So, so with Pierre and I think his roommate is Paul, oh, are, yeah, are they yeah. lovers? Nah. No, they each have They're like the odd couple. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, yeah. they're yeah. more like Felix and um, Oscar. I, yeah. I didn't get that from Paul, though, because he kept saying, you need to eat your food. Come on. No, that's that's just kind of the kind of guy nurturer. he is. He's just yeah. a nurturer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. well, Whatever he was cooking he looks good. Cook. Yeah. All, like all that pasta looked dope. I was it like looked that. like he put some diced tomatoes in there. Like yeah. you see that that morgue keeper totally wanted a bite. He was trying to like be subtle about it a little bit. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, he's like, you I know, haven't dinner. had my lunch yet. Yeah, yeah. the dude sent them pack, and he's like, well, that was a 1930s version of saying "fuck off." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he was real nice yeah. about it though. Yeah, but uh, he's like, oh, uh, you'll no, have to hurry along so you can make it back to eat your lunch. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Not I here. think because uh, Paul is dating Camille's sister, Mignette. Yes, Mignette. Are okay. they sisters? I did not get that. Yes, they are sisters. I I, I, I checked. Okay. She I gave know. him. She gave Paul the awesomest slap, though. I mean, that that was like one of the best slaps. She goes. <laughs> so yeah, let, when they were let, watching those brown Arabian girls. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> how the brown show. they are. <laughs> I was not trying to go there, but no, yes, no, no. It's do okay. Say I don't that. mind talking about as yeah. as the resident brown girl. Well, oh, yeah, there's God. some Native American stuff in the is, beginning, is, too. Is, is that now. your real skin color? Yeah. Are you sure you didn't color yourself? I painted myself just for this episode. Do you like it? <laughs> yeah. You think it looks good? Oh, it's flaking off. Oh, dear. Just to start on the title sequence um, and the Beautiful. intro music, what is that? Swan Lake? It is Swan, it is Swan Lake, yes. Good job, Hydraberg. Well, we Damn. did. We, we Remember we did Black Swan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we talked about but, uh, it on that one. Good callback, This is also friend. the intro of Dracula, Dracula from 1931. Oh, nice. which of course, another Bela Lugosi film, obviously that one being much more famous than this one. Mm-hmm. But hey, maybe they're trying to recapture the same magic because um, the the origins of how this film came into being is kind of interesting. So uh, 1930, the director of this film, Robert Flory, had proposed to Carl Lemley, uh, senior and junior, who are essentially that's Universal Pictures. That's the studio that produced this. And we say, hey, we should adapt this Edgar Allan Poe um, story, Murders in the Room Work. Uh, spoiler alert, this is an Edgar, pa- Edgar Allan Poe story, short story. The only thing that shows up in this film that's based off the story is the ape, the, the lady stuffed in the chimney, and the confusion over the language that all the neighbors heard. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that comes from the book. Okay, so when did this story come out? The unibrow like didn't come from 1880s, the book? maybe? Yeah, something like the that. The unibrow didn't was... come from the book. Edgar Allan Poe explicitly I, wrote about the unibrow. I am. Shut it yeah. down, guys. I am. I'm this tough. movie just lost all legitimacy. The, the only thing, yeah. though, is like I don't think the unibrow was in the story. I think that was just a creation that they you made. I think Lugosi was because like, because we need more unibrow. All the other version, no unibrow. I got he just showed one. up. He just we're showed just up with it, and the guys on set were like, it's not supposed to be a unibrow. And they're like, I know, but I'm not going to tell Bella Lugosi that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah. But anyways, this was the, uh, this was a story that, uh, that Robert Flory had brought to, uh, to Universal to 
hey, let's make a movie out of this. But they were already in pre-production with Dracula and were already kind of they had already bought the rights to the play of Frankenstein. So they were already they already had that in mind. So to kind of throw a bone to Robert Flory, it's like, well, why don't you uh, especially after the success of Dracula say, hey, why don't you do Frankenstein? They were going to have Robert Flory do Frankenstein with Bella Lugosi as the monster. And they uh, they had done test screenings with the makeup uh, for Bella Lugosi to be the monster. Though Bella Lugosi felt that he was, he thought he was going to be playing uh, Victor Frankenstein, the Doctor Frankenstein. He thought he was, and he's like, I don't want to be the monster that doesn't say anything. I want to, you know, especially after the success of Dracula. And uh, there was another film that um, drawing a blank on the name right now for the director uh, James Whale, who was the director of Frankenstein. He put out a very another very successful film and based off of the studio system he was on the higher higher on the list so they kind of essentially shoved robert flory to the side brought in james whale we get the movie that we get with frankenstein obviously a great classic no one i think that was the right decision <laughs> and then so they but then they like hey well why don't you do the the murders in the room morgue so robert flory gets involved with this bella lugosi comes on as the crazy dr miracle and there was a lot of studio interference with this film. There was, they were like going to have a, this type of budget. Then they took it back. And then they're like, well, you know what? Okay, let's throw this more budget in there at like the last second. So there's some tacked on scenes. There's uh, a few things that they added towards the end. And the very first scene of this film, that was not to be the opener. In fact, the opening scene was meant to be the uh, where... Dr. Miracle in his stagecoach meets the uh, the lady of the night, if you will, uh, and essentially takes her and we see what happens to her, like how he pretty much has her strapped up and is you know, doing these experiments on her. We don't know what they are. And then we find her dead. And then later on, when we come into that carnival setting, we as the audience know what's going on. Oh, this guy is not a good guy. There's some tension there. And then we get, and then like our our main characters get involved, and that was supposed to be the initial idea of the story. That's not what we get, and I think that makes it a weaker film right off yeah. the bat. I was gonna say what you just described as to how he how Flory wanted it to go um, seems more logical and like oh, he was storytelling. Yeah. He was absolutely pissed. He hated what Lemley and uh, and it's, it, it was also with casting decisions too. And I'll talk about that when we get to um, Sydney Fox's character Camille. Uh, yeah, completely different idea for who was supposed to be cast for that. But Carl Lemley Jr. had other ideas, and I'll tell you why later when we get to her character. I well, and I agree with what you with what you said, Rob. It makes a lot more sense that you know we're getting budget taken and pushed back into this movie. It just because uh, if if I recall correctly, that King Kong was actually a 1920s movie. Uh, no, it just seemed, it came out a year after it. Yeah. Oh, it did it really? After. Okay. Yeah. That, that, which, all right, that, which when the end of this movie, I have, I wanted to talk King about. Kong, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, yeah. So it's just like a lower budget King Kong, which you guys said comes it really is. later. Yeah. And that part, yeah, it is in a sense. There's definitely elements to it uh, for sure. I do like, so you're saying, because I really like the cinematography in this movie. Oh, I was it looks great. absolutely it's a gorgeous. Movie. It's yeah, really I was very surprised by it, to be honest. That's not the problem of the film. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like that it scene when they walk like... into the streets in the fair. 
Like yeah. it just looks great on stream. Yeah. It looks it's fabulous. very like it, it's uh, paying homage to German expressionism. Yeah. So if you watch mm. Doctor Cabinet, uh, Doc, uh, yeah. Cabinet of Doctor Dari, yeah, all the you know, and obviously <laughs> it gets you know, uh, if you watch any Tim Burton film, he's obviously paying tribute to that as well. Yeah. Everything's kind of angled weird. The shadows mm. are kind of mysterious. A lot of fog and craziness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got the dudes, uh, Paul and. Uh, Pierre and it's their their wives look like they're teenagers. Or whatever. <laughs> I think uh, it was a girlfriend. Well, it it, it girl. is Paris girlfriend, from 1845, yeah. so it's very it's possible that they very were young. younger ladies. Yeah. Paul looks a lot older for some reason. He just looked like an older man. I well, because well, he was an older man, by yeah. the way. He was about like 20 or 30 years older than our main character. Wow. Okay. And then you get like these high society guys like talking about these Native Americans as if they're not even there. Like yeah come witness their savagery as they stop their victims and and i'm just like i'm not even going to complain about that though because i feel like that was just such a common attitude and vantage point at that time that of course we know that that's not right now but you know i you know it doesn't sit great now but i i don't want to judge a movie based on the mores of like of today no, i'm not judging i'm just saying the you scene know. is just like i felt bad for the it's cringy the native americans too because i'm like damn yeah. like these guys are probably like not even half the men that those dudes are you know that the native <laughs> americans are so yeah. uh i don't know but yeah well, i'm not lying about of the time so yeah. oh look how brown they are do you mm-hmm. suppose they really have that skin tone or do you suppose they paint their skin it's like it's just them? so awkward it's, so oh my weird. God. it's just so ignorant and but you know i i, I can kind of look at it with a sense of amusement well, to, not, it doesn't to upset Paris me. in 1845 that is a mystery to them they they may have not had any sort of access to these i guess people. like yeah. whereas like you know nowadays it will back in like when this movie was made 1932 there may have been a little bit more access to that type of stuff. And then obviously nowadays we have, we live in a very global world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's just like, you know, it's not, not a thing, <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. It's not like this mystery. It's like, we, we kind of know more about it. No. Mm-hmm. And like back in the, even in the thirties, like forget about the 1800s, but back in the thirties, even I feel like people still referred to Asia as like the Orient, <laughs> like they did. Oh, they, the yeah, mysteries of the did. Orient. <laughs> like it's just embarrassing. Oh, yeah, mysteries. Embarrassing. Oh, I mean, if you watch like Carnival on like HBO, it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the whole, it's this kind of feel where it's like, yeah. we're, we're bringing these like sideshow, like, oh, these from exotic lands and yeah. you know kind of offer people the opportunity to like fetishize those cultures for a moment uh you know without any real understanding so yeah uh yeah. you know it's cringy but i like i i'm not mad at it it's just it was 1932 like how mad can i get we get our introduction <laughs> though, to... years old. get over it all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we get our introduction to the uh to the brow at this point though the doctor like you said uh and i think bella lugosi plays him very well um, oh yeah I like that close up of him telling the man to like burn him. And I got like it was weird. I got like De Niro vibes from him because it was just sort of like his scrunched face. And he was just like, you talking to me? You talking to me? (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, the lighting, I think, in that scene is so striking. Mm. Um, Like the the way the shadows are playing on his face. And I feel like he's uplit a little bit. And it it makes him look very mysterious. And uh, I think his acting performance is by far the best of the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just he's so far above any other performer in this film. <laughs> I don't know. Igor was pretty good. You mean Donosh the black man? Is that what that was supposed to be? Yeah, his name was Donosh. And yeah. In the credits, it says, quote, the black man. 
Oh wow! He's definitely in blackface. He's definitely. He just looks like an Igor. I just took him as an Igor. Yeah, well, his skin really is painted. Yeah, yeah, but he 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 is not a blackface. He most certainly is not. Um, I didn't take him as one because it's so poorly done anyway. I know. So, I mean, it's it's hard to like even visually perceive that, but um, I just, I happened to notice yeah. in the credits, it said Don Osh, the black man. Oh, he's and I was racist like, oh, as this... fuck. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think Lugosi's performance is just head and shoulders above anybody else. Um, yeah, it is. And I, the, the funny thing is like during that, you know, kind of introductory speech he's giving before uh, revealing the ape, um, it's like people are just like, shocked and aghast because he's daring to talk about evolution and like how yeah. humans have Heresy. like life has life has progressed through the millennia from like the chaos of slime to like mm-hmm. human life uh and like i'm going to prove to you the kinship between man and ape and everybody's like <gasps> there's this awesome zoom in on his face too as he delivers that little monologue mm-hmm. it's shot really well and you kind of just we focus in on his eyes and we get the brow coming in because you said it was lit a certain way earlier. I couldn't even tell if he had the brow at first. I was like, is this the guy with the brow? Who's got the brow? I'm trying to locate the brow, you know, who's got the brow? It was spectacular. Nail it down way. right away. You know, it was spectacular. It was. Yeah. Spectacular. And then, it, yeah, it gets revealed and I like it. But yeah, I do love that moment. That dialogue's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they're like, oh, and he's like, burn me for heresy, you know? Mm. Okay. <laughs> But can we talk about his like his experiment though? Because I f- I feel a need to like get granular with this because I do not know what he was trying to achieve. Thank here. you. Good. Yeah. Okay. Nope. I have it in my notes. But was... okay. So I think is he trying to make like is he trying to prove like that like man's blood and ape's blood are like the same mingle? close that were like then, but then it would seem to disprove that theory that like three of his victims died just from being injected with ape. He's trying to turn her into an ape. That's, that, so, that's the other thing I was thinking about. That, that is is Eric trying, a man? Or trying so to what, he Eric calls into, him an ape man. He does. I and wonder he says if it's a sorry, go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was saying like maybe he is trying to uh you know force an evolution of Eric into man. Hmm. But then why would he be injecting these women with blood? So what I thought it was gonna I thought it was actually gonna be far more sort of dinosaur DNA. No, I'm scared. <laughs> I dino DNA. Life uh, finds a way. I thought he was going to try to mate Eric with oh, God. a woman. That's I thought oh, that they were going yeah. to maybe that's what that. it was. I tell maybe. you what, that scene when he busts in the door and comes in on mom and her, it looks like he's raping one of them for a minute. It does. He's like grunting, but you don't yeah, see his, what yeah. his body is doing, mm-hmm. and you're like, what's going on here? And so when Bella Lugosi is giving this little speech, and <laughs> and we find out later he's injecting these women. It's, I'm like, so for is is Eric supposed to be half man, half ape? Because he introduces him as the ape man, and he says he's a beast with the soul of a man. I'm like, so what is he? But he just looks like an ape, so I don't know. And then, like, what is he trying to achieve by injecting these women with his blood? So it would make more sense if he was trying to impregnate one of the women. This is getting gross, but (laughs) and produce like, you know, a hybrid. But, like, I don't understand what he's trying to do by injecting that. So during that first shot, when you see um, him with the prostitute and he draws her blood and he's, like, looking at it under the microscope, I thought he was trying to determine whether she was pregnant. I thought they were going to, like, insinuate that he had, like, tried to mate them. I mean, he's got her on that sex torture rack thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's clearly what it is. Yeah. So I I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts about that? 
I didn't know I what he was doing do at first. I, I, I didn't gorilla... either. I, like, like, didn't he say something that that her blood was tainted or or bad yeah, or something? Yeah, he implied like that? that it's impure. And that, well, that he was like because his her... excuse for Your why it wasn't. Your beauty is a lie. Why it didn't work? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's weird, and it's like there's a link between the ape and Camille. Like he's into her, so it's like they went after her specifically, and she happens to be. Uh, her blood is it actually is good, supposedly. Yeah, in the doctor's well, it, eyes, at least. It, yeah, he says that he's like, you yeah. know, oh, your blood is good. Okay, <laughs> like I fucking I thought like most of the movie this is a vampire movie, another well, like, like Dracula or something like really. That. Yeah, like, I most, did. like most. Did you think he was gonna drink it? <laughs> or something? I don't know. Maybe the maybe the monkey was a. Vampire. I, I wish no they idea. had the gorilla do more stuff. Um, you know, like when people are spying on someone or doing something like instead of just having the doctor be the guy doing it, the ape goes out and gets out at night or whatever, and he's spying on Camille and like breathing on her while she's sleeping or something like that. And then he leaves the room, you know, and she gets the chills. Yeah, exactly like that. Like someone was in my room, you know, and it's the yeah. ape, and he's like paying her a visit. But that's this movie's short. There's no time for that. I think that would have been cool to kind of develop those uh elements though yeah the uh the way that this plays out it's kind of like like most horror films like you're looking for that pure like innocent sweet blood i guess with like camille Mm. uh, with yeah with the prostitute you know he he was just injecting her it's like get stuff slut here you go like it's here's the hate (laughs) blood but uh no i yeah it's really confusing as to like what he's trying to accomplish yeah it could maybe he's trying to create a hybrid for eric maybe he's trying to find a you know, a a, a theme because he essentially sees apes as like an early version of man mm-hmm. and if like you know, he he can com- supposedly can communicate with eric the ape and so he's just trying to find a mate for him i don't know what the hell is going on yeah he does he could he be them. trying to could he be like attempting a a brundle fly situation where like he's trying to turn camille or like a woman into like part ape mm. by injecting blo- I, I just, believe I it's don't... called a grundle fly okay. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry please forgive me i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> grundle fly. if you Ooh. have grundle flies you may need to do some um, yeah see a doctor. personal hygiene yeah but uh, let's talk about Eric the Ape real quick since we're we're talking about him. Uh, so the guy it's not a real ape, not no. a real. Well, yeah. it, well, well, sometimes it, it is. Yeah, some scenes they are. Yeah, absolutely. So the 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 close ups of the real ape that was tacked on at the end with the extra budget that got thrown in at the end, where they went to a zoo and you know got uh, reactions from a monkey in a zoo. So those are kind of that's why it kind of looks a little weird because it's tacked on. Okay, whatever. Well, it's like super zoomed in, like right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see any of the stuff around him. Yeah, but the actual guy in the suit is a guy by the name of Charles Gamora. He plays Eric the Ape. He is a Filipino actor, and oh. he was known as the King of the Gorilla Men. That was his kind of his uh, nickname, is because he played in many films wearing gorilla suits, such as uh, White Witch Doctor, Road to Zanzibar. And Africa Screams. Uh, he was a expert makeup artist, and in his uh, in his time, and was also he uh, extensively studied gorillas and uh, at the San Diego Zoo. That's pretty cool. Sounds like an expert. So, like he, he learned their movements, and so it like the suit maybe doesn't look so great, but he his movements look pretty realistic. They are pretty good. Yeah, 
They are. Yeah. The suit's a little baggy in, in certain shots. It doesn't look, you know, on the screen. I think it, not great. But. I, I guess I didn't pay attention to it just because it was it was so choppy. And, yeah. you know, again, it was just like, like what, Let, what the fuck am I watching right when now? When he's holding her on the roof, there's a moment yeah. where the dude are clearly holding a mannequin. Like, oh, my God. Did yeah. you, <laughs> like that, that whole scene up, <laughs> it was nothing yeah, but mannequins. Bro. It was just like, okay. I like that rooftop scene, actually, though. I think it I think it's a cool yeah. setting. But, the tension uh, was fine, but I mean, it's just it. You guys mentioned know. the knife, uh, the the scene at the um the bridge. Yeah, and there's the that knife fight is sick knife fight. Oh, it's the sick. knife fight was added on later. They're fighting over a prostitute. I'm assuming that one one of those guys is the uh, pimp, maybe or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But, two Johns uh, are like, no, it's my turn. I don't. Yeah. Know. It's a sick knife fight. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good knife I, fight. It just doesn't belong in the film. It's so yeah. weird. What yeah, I like it seems about very it very random. Though. There's like no context to it whatsoever. Yeah, because it wasn't supposed to fucking be there. It's weird. Yeah, it just, I mean, it does add some drama, but it yeah, it just doesn't really fit. Yeah. And it's it, it's not really clear until later that she's a prostitute. At least yeah. not to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. Yeah, but. this is where I, like I said, like that that switch, like right away, like. If you had just added like him approaching this woman in in the carriage, you know, essentially kidnapping her, and mm-hmm. we get that like, oh, oh shit, who is this guy? What is he trying to do? Like, why why is he injecting like American stuff? Psycho style? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. do like his approach. Christy, though, get in the car after the knife stuff. Like the way he floats in in the mist, and like, dude, nobody can enter a room. I feel like like Bella Lugosi, like from what I've seen of him, like the way he just like floats in. I don't know what he does. He it's, just beyond something. He's just I don't like, know if you've seen, like, and his brow like cuts through the night mist. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's there, and he's the and, like, it's up like his on the brow enters the room before he yeah, does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Rob, but just to kind of add on, I don't know if this was something you were planning to talk about, but just in terms of like production strife and creative um, disagreements, there was also some disagreement about like the the time, the setting of the story. Yes, um, I think. I think Flory wanted it to be set in 1845 and the studio wanted it to be set in modern day. I think that's right. That, that is but, correct. Yeah. But there's like a mishmash. So like some of the script the dialogue is all fucked up too. Yeah. So like some of the script do- was rewritten to sound more old, like of Poe's time, but some of it was written to sound more contemporary. So there's like a weird mishmash of like kind of ornate uh, 19th century language combined with like, modern 1930s colloquialisms that it just makes a weird yes, melange that's a, if you will yeah it is a and it is a horrible melange of like this <laughs> of language nice. and robert flory hated it the actors hated it especially uh the guy who plays um uh pierre dupont he he uh and i'll talk about you know his story about like what how he feels about the movie and stuff later on but it's just they uh Robert Flory wanted to make Poe's story in the time that Poe wrote it, um, like where where the story was set. But it's like, oh no, we need to have it more in like a you know we want to make a contemporary version of this, mm-hmm. which you know, but it doesn't make sense because a lot of those like pre code horror films were set in like a far off land in a distant time that you know, or it's like it's not really known what time it's set in. You know, because Dracula, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, they're all kind of set in like these, uh, uh, was it The Raven, you know, the, the Black Cat and The Raven. All these pre-code horror films are all set off in some, we don't know what fuck time it's set in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. But to set it in a modern time, I don't think really works. And then you're trying to mishmash the language and it's like you're getting some kind of highfalutin 19th century English as opposed to like, you know, kind of contemporaries like, hey, there, you know, you know, youngin or whatever the yeah. hell they're saying in the like 30s. Pierre sounds very modern and very American. And, and, he, and, per- and well, French. Yeah, for me, I perhaps I'm naive. Uh, I'm naive about this, but I mean, I couldn't imagine. And, and I agree. 1846. Did they have microscopes back then where they can analyze slides? Well, Actually, I mean, they they did, but at that time they were mostly um, used more for like entertainment purposes for rich people. They weren't really used in a medical setting mm. yet. At that I mean, we, yeah. I, weirdly, it, I just read an article about this like a month ago. Weird. So, yeah. like, yeah. completely uh, not related to this at all. But I read I, a thing about that. I mean, the, and the fact that Lugosi is able to look at the blood and say, "Oh, your blood's tainted, or your blood's good." You know, I mean, it just seemed, it, and, and, and like you're saying, Rob, that that it's like you know oh, they're trying oh. to mishmash mish 1846 with 1933, where yes, microscopes are available, so you can look at. Uh, infections or whatever it is you know as as little knowledge that people had about medical shit back then but they could definitely see something going on but i mean yeah that, maybe that, was there was no continuity yeah maybe it was a compromise that they had to make just to get this movie made and i know uh one of the um added dialogue guys that was on this film is uh will end up becoming a super famous director slash actor is john houston so if and he's had so many great performances great movies but i wonder if like you know it's like because he he was a universal guy for uh especially early on in his career and so i think that maybe it's like hey maybe this is stuff that john houston added to like well let's he probably added a lot of the modern dialogue and kind of was part of that. I, I, I don't know for sure. I, I, nothing I read really talked about that too much. Who, who actually was in charge of finishing up the screenplay for what we got, but yeah, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just does not work at all. How dare you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's talk a little bit about I, uh, our, I, our, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Edward. You go. Just uh, we were talking uh, when he was doing just the stuff with the prostitute. I was just saying the way he discards of her body, I thought was pretty cold. Like just yeah. like down that the trap shoot. Like well, it's, he, it's like a lab rat. That's what he, yeah. that's what he saw her as. And he's he refers to her as it. Like get it out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it, it first, failure. He saw her as a oh, this could be something for Eric. He's interested in her. And then it turns out that her blood is useless and she dies in the process. Like, yeah, oh, well, it's a failure. So it's like, it was a lie. And like she she went from being a um, a prize specimen to an it. And just it was trash. Throw that shit out. And that's kind of fucked up. But, oh, you know, he's a mad oh, scientist. And he's like, will my search ever end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, I didn't is- know what she died of, to be honest. I didn't know what he was doing. So I was just like, what? What's going on? Well, I thought he some... took blood, and the next thing you know, she just died. I was like, "Was it shock? What was it?" She... I think it was the injection of the blood itself. Like yeah, the blood I didn't see the, the her or something. one. Yeah, but I also like I read somewhere in my trivia that she died of a stab wound, and I'm like, she didn't get stabbed. Did I miss something? Did, did you guys see, see her, John? See did you wound. see her get stabbed? Yeah. Nope. I, I, yeah, I didn't see any at all. Okay. I mean, I, I was like, didn't, I didn't see that. Didn't they? They cut out a lot of stuff in this movie. They cut out at least twenty minutes of footage in this movie that was like censored 
Um, and so I don't know, maybe that was a scene that we just didn't see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There, it was like it was originally like an 80 minute film. Yeah, it's mm. lost in history. That that, yeah, that would have been cool to no longer exists, which is yeah. kind of sad. It is sad. I would love to I would love to see all the shit that was so bad they had to cut it out. He's yeah, got like he's, he's got, got like, provocative. I mean, I I mean the the prostitute actually we like uh, it just seemed like like the shot that they they filmed like of her shadow against the the, the wall while she was hanging like up on that X grotesque. It, yeah. I, I almost I almost thought she was naked, but she was actually wearing a gown. Yeah, but, I mean it was just yeah. like you know. But that's yeah. pretty lurid to have this woman like nailed to a thing, and you see the shadow, and she's screaming mm-hmm. like that's pretty lurid. I was like, okay, right, absolutely. I, I was waiting for Mia Goth to be on that thing or something. Yeah, right, like. <laughs> I could totally Thanks. see this being remade today in kind of like a maybe. Uh, yeah, well, I wanted to touch on. Have you guys seen? Hokey, no. Has anybody seen the fall of the house of Usher? I've only I seen the first not, actually. Yeah, so we are terrible horror fans. Yeah. I've seen it all, and we lost our. Cards. Touches on a different like Poe uh, story. So okay. I have seen it, some of the, all centralized around the, the Roger film. Corman. Um, uh, like Poe adaptations, but that's the one I, I have not seen. Mask of the Red Death, in my opinion, is clearly the best of those. Mm. Of course. Um, but so I know that in I, I've only seen the first episode of um The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, but I know mm. that just from the first episode that the investigator is named Dupont. It's mm. like um Pierre Dupont yeah. in this yeah. movie, which is uh, which is the, the actual name of the character in the story from Poe. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, and actually, a couple other, and a couple other of his stories as well. He shows up again as a, an investigator. Nice, that's cool. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Pierre Dupont. Uh, <clears throat> guy, uh, the actor who plays him is uh, he's uh, credited as Leon Wyckoff in the in the credits, but his name is actually Leon Ames. Uh, I was gonna say I kept saying Ames. I didn't I didn't see his name in the uh, credits. Yeah, oh, it was uh, or um, I, maybe it was like Leon Ames, but his real name's like Leon Wyckoff. I forget like how how that. Okay. Essentially, um, well, if Andy was here, but he's not a jerk. Uh, <laughs> he's he was a jerk. Check it so out. I don't know. <laughs> that, was <good. laughs> that was a good, good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the Postman Always Rings Twice. Have any of you guys seen that film? Jack uh, Nicholson anyway. one. Uh, the uh, he plays the d- district attorney that is pros- trying to uh, prosecute the uh, the main characters of that film. Okay, uh, so it's it's good. You have got to watch it. Jacqueline. You got to watch Postman. Okay, the original, not the remake. The remake sucks. Damn it! No, watch yeah, the, it does. It does. Yeah, watch the original. The original is fucking badass. Um, but he hated this film. He hated being in this. And th- these are his quotes. Uh, and uh, it is a perfectly awful film, which still pops up on TV to haunt me. Those are his words. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> He really hated this film. He hated, uh, he was with Robert Floyd. He's like, this is a mess. The dialogue doesn't make sense. The movie doesn't make sense. I hate it. The The studio is interfering way too much. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, well, that, that's all about like his character of how he kind of got in, got into the, how he felt about the film. But I, I feel like he did a good job with what he had um i don't know did you guys find him likable did you care about him at all i mean he's fine like he he wasn't unlikable at um, points at points i i did 
he was fine like net positive but barely yeah nothing was like off-putting about him i thought he was fine you're talking about pierre yeah yeah, yeah no I, th- I i mean at first like his character i definitely was like eh. i just thought he was like rich boy like but then i was like oh there's something to him though like he's doing this investigation work and he's like actually kind of smart like when the guy wants her address he's like nah buddy like it's cool like so i'm like all right all right he's got some he's smart to take care of her yeah he's he's a, of he's lady. A like, all, right, all right i see some yep. stuff going on with this character yeah. And then, like, he's looking into it. So he's kind of, like, figuring what's going on. He's the one who figures out the connection between the blood and the victims. So I kind of like that first character. Like, I would have liked to see a longer version of, like, him looking further into it. Or maybe on the, you know, doing some junior detective bullshit or whatever. I, I, I love the drawings of what a gorilla blood sample looks like. And I want more, <laughs> yeah. more gorilla. It looks like if, like, uh, who's that author who... We need more gorilla. That- Who's that cartoonist that draws like the far side Gary something? What's his name? Uh, it looks uh, like if one of those one of those strip comics was yes, like drawing blood yes. cells, you know, like Gary Larson. Larson, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Here's an amoeba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, while we're on the topic of things that don't make sense, though, um, why does Bella Lugosi have like this whole gigantic hidden lab when he travels from city to city for his that job? That's true. Maybe like why does he have this like does established he, like, lab? He doesn't squatting because the car he he used the carnival as like a way to maybe gather like um he's looking for specimens yeah yeah because like when the carnival is pulling out of town it's like oh that's all dr miracle stuff like you know he's not with us you just leave all that shit here mm-hmm. mm. yeah i noticed so that we- but i assumed he had come into town with i i assumed no he no, no. i think he's always him. been there so he's a paris resident he, yeah he used okay well then carnival that makes as sense. like kind of a way to maybe find some more specimens mm. okay mm. so his 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 uh exhibit is more like a contracted show yeah exactly because yeah. he's like either that or he just made you're not that gonna see is... some freaks here or like some sort of you know a hocus pocus you know i have something different for you if you don't want to if you don't want to see this you know you know you can go get a refund or whatever um mm-hmm. yeah so he's doing something different and obviously like none, none of the carnival people are with him or maybe even like him at this point but he just like he maybe paid his way to be have a exhibit there uh before they left town well it seems like he was able to draw in a fair amount of um audience members and so it's kind of like if you can pull in dollars for us then sure set up your show i don't care i mean it's probably just about how many dollars he can make i imagine i I took it as he was staying behind longer because he was on camille like otherwise he would have hit he would have taken off but since he was onto something with camille and the ape no i think he would have stayed there yeah i don't know i took it like he was still leaving anyway I mean, he already had like his like his lair set up in in Paris. So I think he was looking for people in his town. Maybe he if, uh, you know, there was more heat on him earlier on, like uh, later on, maybe he would have skipped town. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. But did you ever get that vibe? That that he had heat on him. I mean, it was just I like, like, no, nah. until the end. I throw, I throw my arms Except up. For Pierre. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's going to leave. But uh yeah, because Pierre gets on him, but um, right. He does. He does have time to get out, and he's got a bonnet guy because he gets a new bonnet for Camille, and he sends he's it to her. He's got a bonnet guy. Yeah, even <laughs> though she he doesn't have her address, and her mother doesn't seem alarmed at all. And this is a moment where the women are like written as damsels here, in my opinion. Like they yeah. just don't know any better, you know. You they're know? like they, they, gotta, they need a man to take care of them. 
you know like well but pierre is none too bright either though like she's nah. when he's pushing her on the swing which first of all but he's pushing her on the swing and she's like do you like my new bonnet can you guess wh- who gave it to me and he's like um and he guesses like one guy and she's like no and he guesses somebody it's like you just had a conversation with dr yeah, miracle about ago. him wanting to replace her bonnet and you can't guess who yeah, sent her was... this brand new bonnet the next well, we, day we I also because he's like well, we, we also don't know the what address time so frame is either right I did I love was, that like, shot of the swing, though. <laughs> I, love I love that, that shot. That was I a great shot. shot. Yeah. Like, I thought that was very impressive, that shot. Yeah, it was. That yeah. seemed like a more of a modern shot for a night. It really did. Yeah. Like, and it looked like somehow they too. fixed that camera on her swing. Mm-hmm. It looked or really good. And those cameras it. couldn't have been light to be no. fixed like that. So Probably what did like they have to make for her? 30-pound monster. Well, and again, you don't have like the special effects, you know, you have the actor pushing this actress mm-hmm. on this and which could be the heaviest shit on the planet. It that was a fun shot. I was like, Whoa, yeah, I really like the swing. Uh, it's actually in my notes. I it was that's probably the most impressive one. shot of the movie, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's several good shots in this movie, though, but I do think that's definitely very impressive camera work. Mm-hmm. And that this is where Pierre gets really like starts getting suspicious of uh, the doctor. And he visits Camille instead of Camille. He visits um, the doctor instead because there was a note with the bonnet that was like, "Hey, meet me, blah blah." Because I just want to talk. <laughs> Whatever the weird doctor yeah. with the unibrow signed, you know. Uh, yeah. Also, he yeah. is like um, not respecting her answer of no. Yeah, no. Like, like he, he is way too pushy, way too aggressive. Uh, not a fan of that. She said, how many times does a woman have to say no? And he keeps like pressing her. Yeah, like oh. when he shows up at the house, it's uncomfortable because she's like, yeah. sir, I want to close my door now. I want to close the door. Like she wants to get away from that situation. I felt bad for her. Clearly, yeah. Because nobody's there either. It's just him and her. Yeah, well, it was, and Camille is it, it kind of an interesting, like the actress who plays her is kind of interesting too. Uh, a lady by the name of Sydney Fox. Uh, who did not have a very long career. She only, I think, did like maybe like 10 movies. She died not very long after this film. Um, it was when she died. Oh. Yeah, so the uh, the initial actress that was supposed to be in this part was Betty Davis. However, Carl Lemley Jr. Uh, felt that she was uh, what he quoted as, does not have enough sex appeal. Well, apparently Sidney Fox did because he was stripping her because they were having an affair at the ah. time. Oh, <laughs> Which, when that got out, my understanding is that it like effectively ruined her career. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she, uh, not long after this, I think she did like maybe like two or three other movies and she got married to somebody else and yeah, just kind of quit. But she ended up. I, she like I don't know if she died of like a suicide or an overdose. Something it was like an that. over. It was it was thought to be uh, an intentional overdose on sleeping pills. Oh no! Mm. Yeah, it's um, sad. because it's she kept 34. hoping to like. Re- she kept hoping. She was like she started off on kind of an upward trajectory with her career, but then mm. it sounds like her reputation was was shot after it was discovered that she was stooping Lamley. Um, and also the rumor was his father as well. Oh, I don't know geez. how true that I is. I didn't hear that. that. No, that was that was a rumor, and so it basically just ruined her reputation. And she she kept working, but not a lot, and her star never like you know rose any further. Yeah, she was yeah. only four eleven. Teeny tiny, tiny little yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a shame. Thirty four years old. Mm-hmm. Too so, soon. Yeah. Stop stooping, okay? Yeah. Just relax. <laughs> no, no more stooping. Stooping. Anyway, 
Yeah, so the swing scene. It's a good scene. <laughs> yep, yep, so the uh, swing scene. I got a side note here actually. Um about the doctor. I was gonna I'm gonna be honest, I don't like have much experience with these older films. Um so I haven't seen like a ton of Lugosi. But I've seen, you know, like through pop culture and stuff like that. Like I need to watch Dracula and still. You have not seen. No, I haven't. We've spoken about Dracula. What is wrong with you? We've talked. I have the set. What? I have the set. I have all the monster sets. I have. John, you have it. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Robert, what are we gonna do with these two? Yeah. But um, (laughs) so I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but I know I know he can act, and I can see that here. Um, what struck me now, though, watching this character and specifically Doctor Miracle, uh, was uh, how much I was getting like Cough and Joe vibes. Um, yeah, much uh, Jose sure. might Mazika uh, yep. Marin's mm-hmm. uh, Marin's yeah Marin's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much inspiration he might have taken from this character? It yeah. seemed like a lot. It does yeah, seem I mean, like it. There's definitely yeah. some like uh, yeah. DNA there. In the I way think. he speaks too, like mm-hmm. yeah. The, Rob, do you know those films? Dialect. I do. I, I I love the Coffin Joe films. Yeah, we'll do the third one next year. Oh, I, that'll be great. Weird <laughs> fast forward in time there. Yeah, oh, 2010 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that what it is? It goes forward like I don't know, 50, 40, 50 years. Is there a movie that tells us what he was doing in between those times? There's actually quite a few other movies that are kind of like okay. side, so like they're like kind of Coffin Joe films, but like not. They're like kind of focused on other stuff, but he's in them as Coffin Joe. So you got um, like so Coffin he- Joe, and then you got kind of Joe. Well, well uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was. Like the two Coffin Joe movies that we did, I was very charmed by that character. Like this, yes. th- this character Abella Lugosi was not charming at all. It just well, it we only just, get an hour of him too. I I don't think he was the highlight of this film, to be honest. He's I, I don't either. The best I mean, actor of the film. No, I do. You don't think he's the highlight, Hyderberg? I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Oh, I um, know. Yeah, with the length of this movie and just the writing issues, I there's just like so little character development of anybody really, mm. and uh. Miracle doesn't have a lot of character development per se, but the performance is at least rich enough that like you can get something out yeah. of it. But I feel like all the rest of the characters are basically like non-entities. I um, agree. Uh, yeah. pa- Paul is actually like more memorable, I think, as a character than Pierre is even really. Yeah, agreed. Well, well, I think there's an alternation between uh, Camille and and uh, Pierre that that is like you start feeling for this character or like start gravitating towards that character and then you know something happens where it's just like okay i lost it well you know where you know where they lose me is they spend a lot of time like just doing like mushy talk to each other like oh yeah have i told you that i love but you know what those like those were the moments that people ate up you know the people of that time love that kind of shit like the younger crowd i guess but it's like it's just a sideline from the story it's not how many murders were in room well there's two that we don't see then well, there's the third one. There's three mm-hmm. girls that go missing in the beginning, but then next thing you know, there's 13 bodies in. <laughs> so I think he was killing a lot, like towards the end, you know, desperately. And then he came across Camille. Yeah. What but they didn't highlight that. Like, in the a movie. different opinion. I mean, again, I, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I was don't thinking about something else. But I mean, murders in the Rue Morgue. So is. In the book, is there something, or the short story, is there something more to the morgue? 
Oh, you mean so the it's not so okay. Rue Morgue is actually the name of the street where the house is. Okay. There's yeah. no okay. there's no murders in the morgue. I don't think okay. there's murders in the house, which is on like Rue means street in French, and so the the name of the street is Rue Morgue. And ah. so in both the story and the movie, I think that's what that's referring like Melange. Yeah. Right. What? <laughs> like Melange? <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> the Melange of streets that <laughs> yeah. murders are happening. <laughs> We're just really shoehorning it in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, I, as far as I can remember, I don't think there's any murders in the morgue morgue where like the mortician is, you know, the, the, he's like no. taking oh, the records of everybody. It's referring to the murders in the house. So I don't know why it's murders in the room morgue as opposed to on the room morgue or at the, I don't know, but it's, that's, that's what it refers to. It's not the, the Who knows what Edgar yeah. Allan Poe was thinking. He was probably drunk in that. He was <laughs> probably drunk. I'm certain of it, actually. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I yeah. have this great book that I haven't read yet, but it, I'm really um, excited to read it as soon as I get the chance. It's like basically a, a book conjecturing about the real cause of his death, which nobody really knows. But I guess there's been some like new scholarship about it. And so there's this uh, interesting it's this book that just came out last year. So I can't wait to read it. So once I do, I'll let you guys know. You're going to like it. Learn. That's oh, you read really it? Cool. Yes, it's, it's oh. really interesting. Okay. I can't wait. Nice. That's going to be the next thing I read after I finish my current book. Nice. Sorry, uh, sidetrack. No, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, I kind of sidetracked this with Cuff and Joe a little bit too. So, um, I'm gonna say but, something that I have that I keep saying this month. What are we talking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, murders in the room. More. I like the, the scene when, when the ape gets in the room. Uh, comes in the room. I like that scene where like all the neighbors show up and they all kind of just halt and stop in the stairs, and you hear this yeah. uh fucked up noise. It's like sounds like a flesh noise of like something being torn apart. You know what I mean? And I kind of like that. Like, I think I I thought something was fucked up was going to happen. I and then when you go in the room, there there really is no bloodshed. It's just the the bed sheets and stuff. And well, that was like, maybe that was the part out. that got cut out. That was the that was the mom being stuffed in the chimney. Probably that's uh, it, yeah. I had to so. rewind that a couple of times to see what that was. I was like, oh mm. shit, that was kind of cool. Yeah, when they reveal the mom, that's which cool. is in the book or in the story. It is, like it is in the story. Yeah. It's a little too okay. on the nose, though. The way he's like, uh-huh. she must be somewhere in this in the room, opening. and yeah. then the police officer <laughs> goes right to the fireplace mm-hmm. and opens yeah. that thing, and is like, oh, there she is. Like, oh, yeah. The di- how dialogue was. Yeah. Why would dialogue. this thing be closed? It was so stupid. Like, if an ape <laughs> just dragged her up to the fucking up there. So uh, essentially, Camille would have died too. First of all, you, like the chimneys don't work really that way. You don't just like <laughs> jump down them. This isn't Peter Pan. Maybe they did in 1845. You don't know. No, they don't. Like, excuse Let's me, Let's ask sir. Dick Van Dyke. I guess kids maybe could get in there, but that's probably they use them as chimney sweeps. But Man, yeah, <laughs> I was just yeah. gonna say that child labor. Yeah, but anyway, I don't think a big gorilla. Well, I guess I don't know. They can shimmy into places. And yeah, but this is also like you know we get into like kind of the silly part of the film too, because now you have all the neighbors who are like being. Uh, um, interrogated yeah. for like, what they know and obviously Pierre Dupont is like no Camille like he knows like he he has found out like what it's a race against time yeah he yeah. knows that like something is happening and Dr. Miracle's involved and that Camille is in trouble but the police like nope you're under arrest we're gonna you know wait. too much gonna... already you must be the guy we're gonna we're gonna you're investigate this thing right here right now and we're gonna and we're gonna interrogate this German this Dane and this Italian that's what yeah. we're gonna do and Jacqueline, I was just gonna other. say that 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 
part cracked me up because they're like it's arguing it's with it. No, it was Italian. No, it's Dutch. The <laughs> fucking know, Franz a... Odenheimer guy. I know. The way he got all like... <clears throat> oh, my God. Italian. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they weird. look so fucking weird, too. <laughs> no, yeah. weird. And his oh, accent is really it's, funny. The Italian guy was my favorite. It's like, who's Danish? They're all just bashing each other. Yeah, they were. And then they start arguing is... in their own languages, just like back and forth at each other. This is a very cosmopolitan like, apartment like, house. There's people from everywhere. Other. Yeah. It's a real mixing pot. It's like it's a small world in here. The melange of languages. Oh, it's quite it the melange yeah, of languages and nationalities. It really in was. This, nice. in this but I do, house. it kind of shows that like the... I don't know, the police, how slowly sometimes they handle things, you know, and Pierre knows what's going on. And because of that, they're like, no, sir, you must be involved. You know, it's just like, oh, I've seen know. him up there before. It's like he wasn't in the fucking room All at the, the time. The, the red tape of everything. No, we have yeah. to question everybody before you even do anything. Right. Well, you have a witness here. Mm-hmm. I do love the fucking like Napoleon hats that they had on, though. Those yeah. were awesome. Well, yeah. you see how the constable was. The guy goes through the motions too. He's like, "Nope, there's no body. Can't be a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Wars. broken. Must have had a key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no body. Can't no. be a murder. Excellent no, we're good. police work. Excellent yeah. police. Let's go. Work. This is the same guys that uh, checked the house in uh, Black Christmas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Oh my God! Bob All Clark right. took, Wait, the took inspiration from this movie. Pass oh, me, Billy. Oh. Thanks for mentioning. <laughs> Any excuse for Billy movie. to show up? Yeah, I know. Any excuse? Uh, so should we fast forward to the the roof? Yeah, yeah. Eric on the roof. Do we have to? Well, yes, I mean, we they, definitely they, have to. They bring Wait. the Doctor Miracles, you know, lab, um, and that yeah, it's Eric has now killed Doctor Miracle. Oh, I like, like this part. I like that Eric. He won't because he knows that if the girl takes the shot, she could die, and he likes Camille. So at this moment, he turns on you know his master, which he don't he wouldn't normally. I feel like, but he likes. Right. Camille. I actually feel I like the ape is, is very similar to the the monster character in Frankenstein. It's like mm-hmm. yes. it, it's like sort of a you know confined creature who doesn't really know the ways of the world around him and is yeah. like not, not like does not act with malicious intent unless like provoked or something mm-hmm. you know um or like king kong which someone. came out a year later yeah. yeah but like so the monster in frankenstein you know has this like kind of fondness for this young girl but then he accidentally kills her <laughs> like not meaning to and then oh sorry spoilers and I mean, it's from 1931. Like, what? You should have watched it. How dare you, Jacqueline? Mm. I'm sorry. Um, and so, like, the gorilla here, he like he frightens Camille in the beginning, but he just like he thinks her bonnet is pretty, you know. And and then like the, Pierre's like reaching in for, and he's like, you know, puts his hands around his throat. But I don't think he's like a malicious creature. And so I don't know. I feel like there's some similar similarities here. Like this is a, you know, basically a decent creature that's like just doing what it knows to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of when it grabs her, I feel like it's trying to protect her. Yes. Like it just took out the doctor and then there's a bunch of people coming. So it's like it doesn't know what to do. So it grabs her. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not really trying to hurt her. No. And you're right. It's very like Fay Ray with, uh, you know, King Kong in uh, 33. Yeah. 
I, I, I love like how the, this movie, the crowd this movie makes us think of much better movies. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. You really <laughs> don't like this movie. King Kong, you know. It just, it doesn't, you know, it's like basically. No, not you, him so much. Like, you don't like it as much. I mean, as well, but no. Rob's like really like. Mm. No, I'm, 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 this is not one of my favorite movies. Fuck no. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. It sure I is pretty. I enjoyed my first, uh, this is my first watch or whatever. So, I don't know. Same. I kind of enjoyed the. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Then again, I don't like hold these movies up like they're the older films. So I'm just like, oh, OK, so like this is it's an older film. So I'm just like, oh, this is what they give us for an hour film. Like, it's not bad. Like, yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. Well, it's 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 entertaining, but that's way better than it has any business being. Yeah, yeah. I didn't ha- I didn't hate it at all. But I mean, again, there's just like a lot of continuity errors. And- yeah, I'm seeing that more now. And it's just more. Okay, mention it. okay, so if they gave you a longer cut of it, I, I I don't know what. And Rob, maybe you can answer this: is that that what was the runtime, the, the average runtime of a movie of this era? I mean, you did have some longer films. Most of them were about an hour. Yeah, so, like, so that like, makes sense. Like, for that Seventy time. minutes, like an hour, okay. hour and five minutes. As a modern minutes. film like fan, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, if you gave me like a two hour cut of some investigation yeah, work, there... some ape stuff, some uh, character <laughs> arcs, like. Yeah, because the uh, ape stuff. Yeah, exactly. But just before the, because with the silent era, they were actually starting to. They did have very. They had some films that were long, like Metropolis. That was a three-hour movie. Um, I mean, most people won't like this, but Birth of a Nation was a long movie too. Like that, but that was a iconic film of that era. Mm-hmm. The, it was significant uh, at the time. Yeah. Okay. So. But so I'm curious, uh, just real quick, I'm curious of when did talkies come out? I mean, it, it's obviously... So the jazz singer was technically the first talkie. That was 1927, I believe. Okay, so six was, years. Yeah, and it was yeah, a like six years of, later. Yeah, okay. it was a mixture of sound and silent film. Um, I don't really know what the full, the, the, the first full talkie was. I mean, hell, I I have to imagine M might have been like pretty close to that, uh, which sure. we did the Cinemigos. But uh, like, but Dracula and Frankenstein also came out in thirty one. Um, you'll notice that in this film too, there's no soundtrack, there's no music. It's all no. it's all the dialogue and the atmospheric sounds. There's no music in this at all. There's no soundtrack. There's even no True. sound, which is which was what was unique for M. M had sound motifs uh, throughout the film, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, the jazz singer, which I have not seen in a very long time. I'm actually gonna buy the new. Uh, I think there's like a new Blu-ray 4K release of that that I'm gonna uh, buy. But uh, yeah, it's this era is very weird. Everyone's trying something different. New things are happening. They're not really sure how to connect the sound with you know, the with the film and it's so everyone's doing it different like so the american films yeah they're about an hour like m from 1931 was actually close to two hours so like they, they may in europe they may have figured something out uh to make it a little bit easier a little bit better but with these films yeah it's just kind of like boom hour we're done it's yeah it, 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 like the in-between shots what i heard a lot was like uh a needle drop on a on a record it was like mm-hmm. you know it was, kind of a crackly, it was kind of a crackly sound yeah and that's what i heard a lot yeah well because what i talked about in m uh because there was no way they didn't have a way to sync up this there was no mobile 
microphones and a way to sync up the sound well. Okay. So guys like Fritz Lang, Fritz Lang was a, a an innovator. So he he uh, jury rigged up these dollies that would have the microphones that would travel along as they're you know moving the camera, so they they he can capture sounds at a certain um, that he wants to have for the the scene. I don't know how they did it necessarily for the Universal films. I'm hoping that the book I bought about this will will help answer those questions. But yeah, they they didn't really have a way to have more sound than they did. Uh, speaking of runtimes, I I do have to say though, I I could have used a little more footage in this movie. Like I could have used maybe an extra ten minutes. Like I said before, I would have liked to have seen the, all the stuff they cut out, you know, before when it was like an eighty minute cut. But at the same time, the sixty minute runtime here that I watched, um, I feel like. Despite the flaws of the movie, because it was so short, it kept me from getting bored. Like I, I didn't get bored. I'm, not, watching I'm never this. bored with this film. Yeah, I'm, that's Agreed. one thing. I, yeah, Agreed. I agree with you. You, you are not bored with this film. It's, it's not good. No, but it's not boring. And to me, it's, it's worse to be boring than to be bad. Yes. So. Where you're checking your watch every five seconds, like, fuck. Oh my God, God, there's still 45 like minutes left of this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I hate that feel. To me, that's the death knell for a movie. So. Yeah. It's like Poltergeist, you know. Oh, I'm just like, oh, are you serious. I can't, Sorry, I can't, Jack, my... I can't hear Poltergeist anymore. <laughs> ah, it's been a year. It's, it's I know it still happened. sticks with me. It's like stuck in my gut. It's st- like, it sticks that, to your that ribs. That makes it a good. That makes it a good film. It's stuck with. No, you. it doesn't. No, yes. No. It makes no, it a worthwhile like we're in the film. New, we're in the new Thanksgiving season, and all of a sudden, it's still stuck in my gut, and I'm trying to shit it out, it, but oh it's not God. happening. All, all it does for me is makes me makes me want to watch Poultry Guys. Sorry. Go ahead, watch it. Enjoy. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's not a bad. It's it's a bad movie, but it's not a bad movie. I I know I watched. Uh, I I did for this Thanksgiving. I watched a Roger Corman film called uh, Viking Women and the Serpent, a Sea Serpent. Awesome movie, but it's a. Uh, that's a good title. It is. Sounds like a porno. Yeah, well, it's it close enough. Titillating, I'm sure. It's right it's a Roger Corman film. Of course. <laughs> the Viking Women Corman's and like... the Serpent. Yeah. <laughs> does that title make your serpent happy? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh of course it does. <laughs> it's one of the rare it's not, it's not a black... in it. I'm good. Yeah, that film is it's not a black and white film, it's a blue and white film. Ah, so Okay. Uh well, should we kind of talk about sort of the climactic moment of uh of the movie? I want to kind of get us moving along here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. I love the rooftop you're, scene. You're, yeah, the the, the dummy it. that's being carried around a lot. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about that. that. There's a couple moments where that dummy looks okay, but there's a couple moments where you could just see its face, like yeah, correctly. you know what I mean, like yeah. Well, but, this something... is like the the zipper, like you see the the zipper on the monster, or like you, the kind of like the strings attached to the. I forgive it because it, it's a 1932 film. The set, the yeah. set still looks good. I like the look look that, but man, yeah, it's it I definitely, agree. yeah, it's a mannequin. So yeah. that's what I want to touch with the set. The, when Pierre's going after him, and there's that moment where you see the side of the set with the background with the water and the moon. And like the ape silhouette up on the roof, and the roof's all crooked, sort of like steep. Yeah, those weird angles. Weird way. And, yeah, it looks yeah. very Tim Burton ish for a moment there. Yes. It's very German expressionist. Yeah, yeah. yeah where exactly. you got it from. Yep. Yeah. And then so, like, it just looks really cool. If you just it took looks that so shot, good. It looks really cool. It's like gray and black. It's... 
Well, and I think there's a moment in this scene that sort of earns second place in terms of like the best tension building. For me, the best moment of tension building is when the prostitute is up on the like the thing, you know, and she's screaming. Um, but for me, the, the second best or most tense moment is when Eric's got Camille, you know, under his arm and you see um like one of the eaves of a roof in profile mm-hmm. and you see kind of the silhouette of Pierre as he's trying to like gradually climb his way to the top and he slips down for a second and then he keeps going and it's like the struggle to like get to Camille to save her like to me that was actually like pretty good tension building yeah there's um, a moment where like a nice dramatic drops her, almost drops her mm-hmm. yeah the, the last 15 minutes of that film it, it is really tense it, it is probably the best part of the film of like that chase after they break into the miracles lab miracles dead as well they and they shoot his assistant through the door a pretty powerful gun (laughs) um but they uh yeah they're going after uh pierre is going after the ape because he know he knows like there's he knows that eric is involved in this too so he's chasing him up on the roof and it's like oh shit is he is camille gonna die what's gonna what's eric gonna do how is this gonna play out and so it is like i said it, it, it the it is a tense scene it's exciting you want to see what happens and you know Pierre the cut where the ape's hand comes out of the water you know at the very end <laughs> stinger <laughs> but you know pierre steals one of the uh police uh uh yeah, police officer's gun Bless you. Uh, goes up on the roof and there's the chase ensues and uh eric drops camille or i think he shoots eric who ends up uh, and he just kind of tumbles down camille kind of falls and kind of grabs onto the the awning and she doesn't die he grabs her and then bob's your uncle that's like pierre had to shoot too because like the ape was like kept coming yeah yeah it was and he was like, the, it was keeping him from trying to save Camille, you know, it was in between him and Camille. So, but yeah. Does I, anybody... Oh, sorry. No, no, it was just the ape. I was mourning the ape. That's all. So speaking of the ape, does anybody else find it kind of hilarious that his name is Eric? Yes, like It's such I a do. human name. Like, it's not like Bubbles or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, hold on. Uh, no, no. It was such an American name. That's what I thought. I was like, no, Eric, okay, we're setting no, France. No, it's like an old Viking name. Eric, yeah. Yeah, like um, Eric the Red, right? Yeah, it's that's Eric with a K, get... so that's like European. Yeah, that's Should how I call feel about with uh, the magnificence. That's how I feel uh, with the uh, the magnificent seven, with uh, the main character being uh, Gil Brenner's character being named Chris, Chris the Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Cowboy Chris. Man, what's wrong with that? <laughs> like not, it's not like grand enough. I don't know. No, like, it's not. Uh, but yeah, Eric is like such a John. It's like such a human name, but also like a bland human name. Like, can well, you at least call him like Fritz or Herman or something? Doctor like, Mrackle felt that he was um, a human, so maybe Eric is just like, oh, that's just yeah, his name. Eric know. was a human. That's it's the like sub- kind of Rob Zombie was that old, so let's call him Rob Zombie. <laughs> what? Mm. I have no <laughs> idea what that just means. <laughs> I don't either. I was, I was just, just gonna go with it. I was just throwing it out there. Oh, yeah. His He's name a... is Robert. <laughs> Robert. Rob. Yeah. Robert the Ape Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just expect it to be either a grander human name or like clearly a pet name. Like, you know, 
Well, everybody had French names in the movie, Eric, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had Pierre. We had Emilio. Well, oh, yeah. Isn't uh, in Phantom of the Opera, isn't um, the Phantom's name Eric? Oh. Yes. Is it? So there you go. French. I, believe, I, go. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a nod to that. Well, Maybe. Then, there was a silent version of that. I will. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. But the uh, one of the uh, the iteration the one of the remakes of this was essentially a Phantom of the Opera story, the 70s version of this. A remake of Murders of the Room Morgue? Yeah, that, this yes. movie? Oh, okay. Yep. So there's there's three remakes of this film that I, I also That's watched a lot. in preparation for this episode. So Damn. Nice. How would you rank them? I would say that the the second one that was done in the 50s with uh Carl Malden is the best the best one. Okay. This would be second. The weirdest one is the one from the 70s. And then the last one would be the... Uh, Isn't there one from like 2000s or something? I don't know about that. But like, so there's one from... Th- this one's 32. There was one remade in the 50s. That's the best one. 70s. And there's the one from the 70s, which is the weirdest one. Mm. And then you have uh, the one from the 80s, which was a TV movie that mm. uh, uh, George C. Scott uh, was in. And it was one of the first films that Val Kilmer was in. Uh, so, oh, no kidding. Rebecca De Mornay was in that, too. Oh, yes. for real? Rebecca, Rebecca De Hornay. Yeah, more yeah. like it, right? Um, oh, damn, that was judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said weird. I mean, we're, we're just coming off Patrick last week, bro. You got to be more specific. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like weird how. It's yeah. about as weird as Patrick. I'll, I'll just uh, say that. Wow. Well, wow. now I, that makes me want to watch it. Now you got me. It's fun. Yeah. I love weird. Yeah. Just like uh, anyway. Jeremy Sisto in May. You guys want to get into reviews? I think we should. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, do it. I don't think there's much more to pick off this uh, this chicken. I think I think we've picked the bones clean. All right, Jacqueline. All right. This um, was your pick. Kind of. Yeah, it's my week. So it's your week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot to say that I that I haven't already said. Um, so I'll just quickly recap. It's a beautiful movie to look at. It holds my interest. It's interesting to see the kind of American interpretation of German expressionism. I love the performance by Bela Lugosi. He's um, just over the top enough without being overly over the top, if that makes any sense. Um, and so I really enjoy that performance. It's like, it, it just seems so effortless for him. You know, everybody else feels like they're acting. And and with him, it just feels like he's just naturally doing what he does. You know, I, I just, I love watching Bela Lugosi. Um I do like that it's based on a Poe story. I like some of the elements of the story. I, I like the sort of, I like the most lurid parts of the story. I love the prostitute, you know, getting strapped onto the thing and he's injecting her and then throws her away like trash. Like that's grotesque. And I, I just, mm. I enjoy the grotesqueness of it. Um, I wish there were more of that. I wish there were more, there was more of a horror element to this. It sounds like there used to be, uh, you know, more, more kind of what's the word i'm looking for i don't know scandal they're more scandalous footage that was deemed too 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 scandalous yeah too scandalous to show and so uh you know quite a bit of it was censored out like if it was 80 minutes so that must be like that's like 25 percent of the original movie gets cut out Mm -hmm. that's a lot so yeah i i just wish 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 that we still had that remaining footage so we can see what was deemed to be you know too inappropriate for audiences um 
on the con side, it's just like the story doesn't really hang together so well. I do find the concept of like in our modern times, the concept of like the murderer being an ape just feels a little hokey. Like that doesn't hold up. I'm sure, you know, in the original Poe story and when this movie came out, it was more horrifying. But today it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't do much to chill and thrill. Um the characters who aren't played by Bella Lugosi are, to me, honestly, kind of throwaway. They're just not terribly memorable. I do like Sydney Fox, I guess. I think she's very cute and she does have a very sweet and kind of endearing demeanor, but the character itself is just not interesting. There's not enough in the script to make the characters interesting. They're just like warm bodies in these roles that need to like do things. Um but nonetheless, it's it's still like Rob, you said before, it's still an enjoyable movie. And so I can like I said, I I feel like I can give it more credit um, despite it's being a bad film than I would a technically good film that's just boring um, or is not going to be memorable in some way. This film is going to stick in my memory. I will absolutely remember this film. It has a lot of elements that it's nice to see how that you know what you call rob uh, you know cinematic archaeology it's nice to see some of these elements that reappear in later and better films so uh you know the king kong and all this stuff so it's 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 not a it's not a an unenjoyable movie i give it credit for some things um it but it's not one that i'm gonna watch a whole lot so i don't know i still am gonna stick with what I said earlier about it being a flaccid fuck, I think it's kind of just barely this side of positive. So I'm going to give Murders in the Room Morgue from 1932 5.5 out of 10 new bonnets. Mm. <laughs> yep. Got that Rob. new bonnet sheen. Oh, yeah. So, Robert, what say you, my friend? You know, I feel like you're reading off my notes a little bit. Um, <laughs> the um, Yeah, this is a film that is entertaining. It is entertaining. It's it's uh, shot well. It looks great. Um, Bella Lugosi shines as Doctor Miracle, uh, and that's about it. Like, yeah, the the other actors are. It's not their fault. Like, I, I the dialogue is bad. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And like I said, everything I talked about today, like, yeah, they they just don't. They're not happy with it either. I would love to see someone. If we could find what Robert Flory's initial intention for the film was, I would love to see that get remade. What mm-hmm. did he want to see on the screen? Let's put that on the screen. Maybe make it a black and white film. I mean, we we kind of saw like, you know, with Renfield, they, they can kind of do something like that. Maybe like we can make something uh, with the initial intention that Robert Flory had. And I think that would have been a better film. We get it with the actual like language of the Poe story and we get some of the wackiness with like that. We, we got to have the brow, the brow, of course. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I, um, I like this film. It's one that I, I I'll, I'm going to watch it again. I like the universal monster movies. This is definitely not anywhere near the top of my list. If you, if you really like the universal monster films, you know, you know, watch the actual universal monsters. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's not the best story. Um, I'm I'm also gonna give it a five and a half, uh, five point five out of ten new bonnets. It's just it's okay. It's not great. Uh, if you love Bella Lugosi, watch this. Um, 
if you were a Universal Monster Movie fan, go ahead and watch this. If you are a unibrow oh. enthusiast. Uh, unibrow I was just thinking that. Yeah, he said code horror enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Watch the film. But other than that, it's kind of meh. Yep. I hear you. All right. 5.5 out of 10. We're on the same page. Hydra Berg. What is your your rating and review? Not in that order. Um, I enjoyed the acting a good bit. Lugosi <laughs> in particular, obviously. <laughs> the cinematography caught me. It's a good looking film. I enjoyed the story as short as it was. All right. I'm sorry. What are you doing right now? I was just doing yeah, like little, uh, the character, the doctor, a little, a little, oh, little oh. weird doctor. Did it, did it evolve from the ooze? Your review? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The unibrow <laughs> evolved from the ooze. <clears throat> uh yeah. The story was short, but I did enjoy it. Um, and I did enjoy the cinematography. I thought it was really well done for a film of this time. Um, I gotta say, I thought I I don't know. I was impressed with like a lot of the camera work and um what they did with like some of the set pieces uh you know i mean it's it's obviously not a huge budgeted film but i thought it looked pretty good the set pieces uh, especially they especially in the end they looked really cool um i really enjoyed the rooftop stuff and i liked his lab i liked his like trapdoor fucking thing where he did like his experiments the whole x sex thing whatever the fuck was going on there that was cool i don't know his, uh, I liked I liked his assistant when I didn't know that it was a blackface guy, uh, just called the Black Man or whatever the fuck. It, what was, <laughs> yeah, on yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know that to be honest. So that's a that's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Your review is cracking me up. I don't know the yeah the the backdrop I really did like though in that scene with Camille and the ape I thought that was pretty cool I liked the fact that it took place before uh King Kong I found that is pretty interesting actually that it mirrored it a little bit without having maybe seen it yet you know I don't know uh who saw what or what happened was there any influence at all or was it just coincidence I don't know but it's interesting sure was I'm sure it wasn't influence. yeah uh normally there isn't in Hollywood you know, you always get those. There's two volcano movies in one year. There's two earthquake movies. You know what I mean? Like, there's always a copycat. Uh, the production value, I did. I think it, I thought in general it was kind of impressive. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's I. I. I cut this movie a lot of bail because it's it's 1932. Like to me, like you know what I mean? It's so old. I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking. That's just how it was. So you guys know better films from this time more that you can compare it to to be like, this movie's not as good. Like for me, I'm like, okay, I I enjoyed the film for the most part. It was only an hour. So, you know, even if I didn't enjoy that much, like Jacqueline said, it breezed by at least, you know what I mean? But I wasn't bored. Um, There's some cons though. The film, I think like it is only an hour. So like in one minute. So I know it's like, I know it's based on a post story. So I know it's length probably fits that better. Maybe Uh. I just think it's an interesting story. I think could have had benefited from like a little bit of a longer length and just more, more better writing or more in depth characters. Just give them a little bit more depth. Uh, I didn't love the ending. It just ends too. Um, you know, like a lot of these movies that that always bothers me in all old movies when they just like <laughs> they just cut it off. <laughs> what the fuck? There's, There's no like, like no denouement. It, it's just it like yeah. technically just end. This is the first movie that had a closing credit. Yeah, they brought his morgue. They brought his body into the morgue. So I was like, oh, isn't that ironic? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
but they did have a they did have a closing credit scenes we got to see the cast again on like who played who oh yeah first time it happened i think uh i must have turned it off before that happened i I watched <laughs> some of the credits or maybe the streaming app turned it off maybe it did Criterion? yeah i didn't see anything no it's like yeah it, it's uh they have the the uh with these films they always had the the cast list of like and like and then the, like the their pictures pop up or something but this is the first one that had it also at the end. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that did that did pop up. I thought you meant pictures of them and stuff to play along with that. I hate it when streaming services like cut off during the credits and send mm-hmm. you to the next thing. Like, I want to watch the credits sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Looking at you, Tubi. Yes. Yeah, Tubi, Tubi does it all the time. I mean, there's yeah. a button to press, but, but most times you're like slumped to the I'm like fumbling like, around trying to get it. And I and I always yeah. accidentally send it on to the next yeah. thing faster than I. Yeah, I got che- I got cheese. It's all over my fingers right now. I can't fucking grab the remote. A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I didn't love the ending. Uh, the women are unfortunately just damsels in this. So they wouldn't even like it's like. There's nothing really to them, but I know that's just like kind of how it was then. But still, it's still annoying uh, in a story where you kind of want the the female characters to have something more. So uh, it's lacking uh, some depth. I just like I mentioned, and uh, you could have done that in an hour. I think you could have given more depth to this without adding it or giving it a longer length either. Uh, I wouldn't have minded a longer runtime though if if, it, if the story you know, was able to breathe and it, it was interesting. I thought it could have been good. I don't know. I mean, I, it was, there was enough there that I was definitely entertained and I liked the setting and what was going on. I was confused by what was going on. And now that we're talking about it, I was sort of like, okay, I get it now. Like the, the science of it all doesn't make sense. And uh, the dialogue, I didn't notice the dialogue stuff as much. Um, but like I said, I, I kind of shoot the movie some bail. Uh, what was the point of the doctor's experiments? Ah, as- Nobody knows. I don't know. I'm I glad I'm not the only one who doesn't know. Manifesto <laughs> that someone found and they like read it or something. I don't manifesto, know. like the Unabomber. Yeah. Uh, and the <laughs> film just, it like we mentioned, it kind of pulls its punches as well in the parts where like you kind of wish it hit harder. I wish, I wish we saw like Viscera or something in the room when the uh, mom died or something like, cause that scene actually did hit for me when they're outside the room and the noise of it all. And like yeah. the look on everybody's face, the camera pans around everybody in the stairwell and in the staircase. And then like, and that was some high quality screaming too. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. just like, damn, we're about to get in there and what's in there. And it's just like torn up bed sheets. And then they do find the body, but it's by then it's sort of just like, eh, all right. Yeah. This mom, like that sucks, but whatever. Oh uh, yeah. So, I don't know. With that said, I don't know. I I still kind of enjoy. I enjoyed this film. It's hard to, it's hard to rate because it's only an hour too. So I'm like, well, I enjoyed my hour with it, um, a pretty good bit. Uh, so I don't know. With that said, I'm just gonna stick with my original. I think I'm gonna give Murders in the Room Org. I'm gonna give it six out of ten. Um, what was it again? New, new bonnets. bonnets. Oh, new bonnets. My new bonnet, the yellow one. That's right. <laughs> 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 oh my god all right john what do you say my friend Papa's well i think you guys it. you guys like covered it all um and you guys know i'm not the biggest fan of universal monster movies um you could do so much better than this movie um there is not a lot of continuity in this it is short and you're never bored i mean you're actually kind of enthralled by the movie and 
you you talked about the aesthetic the the set pieces looked fantastic you know it, it it's it's not it's just not a movie for me um Bella Lugosi I mean he classic you gotta check out his movies um I'm gonna keep this really short so we can wrap it up um I'm actually gonna give this <laughs> Jacqueline Rob <laughs> I'm gonna give this a 5.5 out of 10 new bonnets okay almost unanimous pretty darn close Dang. yeah i broke it again it, it, we were almost unanimous it, last time and i broke it last, that time too something's damn wrong it, with me. damn it hydroberg what is yeah, wrong there, with me this movie there's yeah just just movie. adding yeah adding to it there are so many other movies out there right around this time you know the dracula the frankenstein's the wolfman the mummy the yeah, invisible man. man i don't really have all those to fall back on for me right now i, I don't either i think and we need I'll, to do more of this i've seen the Abbott and costello Please stuff with uh, them and i've seen i've seen the uh creature from the black lagoon that was a great movie sure. i really enjoyed that movie Absolutely. I feel like we gotta we gotta do I wanna do Bride of Frankenstein, but Spoils of Horror did such a great episode on that that I, I almost don't did. even want to touch it. But uh, okay. it's so good. Like it's yeah. I don't know. I think I like it better than Frankenstein, but I, I actually my favorite of the Universal Monster movies is the Wolfman. I'd love to do the Wolfman. Yes. Wait, hold on a second, Jacqueline. Maybe we change next October. Ooh. Instead of Universal Monster. Instead of Hammer. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think? We've I'm got a we've got eleven months to decide. Why don't we mix they, it? They both. What if we do a mix? Eh, no, huh? I don't. I don't want. No, do you got to sully either. I want to go the, like all yeah, in on one or the other. You got to lean right into whatever. But you know the what? Theme yeah. is. We're going to be doing this podcast for like at least the next fifty years, so we have many yeah, Octobers. I have a bunch of here. <laughs> reach around pre written. Huh? My what? Huh? Your old man huh? voice is the. Hydroberg said uh, what? Hang on, my Oh, Give yes. me my prune juice. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, and again, I, it's not for the lack of trying, but I mean, again, it's just kind of like mm, I, I know there are better movies out there. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, well, if we do like a whole month of Universal uh, monster movies, then you know, I think we should pick like some of the best ones so that you get like, the best exposure. I, you know, I the totally best possible. Agree. I agree, hundred yes. percent. Uh, the Wolfman. Yes. Uh, I, 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 Rob, you can just be an honorary member for the whole month. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think the representation is of the brow in this film? Oh, this is a nine out of ten for sure because it's not a real brow, but it's close enough. Anna, okay. Damn, this is damn near perfect brow representation for me. Yeah, I think so. I think it's strong. It's fantastic. I think it's it's quite strong. Are we are we gonna rank the four brows? I think we should, yeah, from all four films. Should we Hydroberg, I think you should go first because this is kind of your brainchild and you picked all the films for the month. Like you kind of tracked them down and found appropriate films that would fit the theme. We got Patrick. Uh, in the the company of wolves, we got uh, don't don't panic. Uh, don't panic and uh, murder in the room morgue. So, if I'm gonna rate those brows, oh, so this brow in particular, I it, it's a sinister villainous brow if you ever seen one, and it, it it wasn't natural, but it was powerful. This brow, Lugosi worked that sucker, <laughs> and whenever he was in the scene, his brow chewed the scenery. Uh, that's what I had written down in this particular brow. 
Um, but yes. Fair point. Uh, Fair as point. far as rating all four brows, um, yeah, I guess I'll start at number four, like the worst. So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so I'll, it's a little I'll countdown. Yeah. Uh, oh. At number four, Alexandra, uh, the girlfriend from Don't Panic. She was a sweet gal. Sweet gal. Natural brow. I do love that. I almost want to rate it the top one just because it's the only natural one that we're aware of. Um, but uh, no, Wade Patrick's was natural, it looked like, too, right? I think his was natural. Yeah. Um, Dr. Mayor Carol at number three. Uh, this was a nice brow. It was a nice brow. Um, you know, I think by here, this is like the fourth brow we've already seen. So I'm already like, okay, like, show me something new. I need something new. You know what I mean? Do something I, new with the brows. brows. Yeah, I need something new. Uh, he was very sinister, though. Like, I liked his character. So I did enjoy the brow on him. Uh, at number two, though, the fucking Huntsman. I got to give him Huntsman coming in with the swirly tongue uh on the brow uh uh that particular iteration of the wolf in that in that movie i thought the huntsman himself was had the best brow in that movie um because there's a couple versions of that character sort of there's like the prince guy what not the prince guy but whatever he is the the husband or whatever Mm -hmm. um but uh at number one for me uh i got my boy patrick my boy Patrick's number one, man. That brow and those blue eyes, those baby blues staring at you. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Powerful brow. Great All right. Movie. Respectable, respectable rankings. Yeah. John, how would you rank the four brows this month? Start with number man, four. Start with worst it, and, and go to yeah, yeah, we'll start with number four, but I could flip-flop my two and three. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with Heidelberg. Um Alexandria on Don't Panic. Uh, the brow was was fine um good representation but it that was my number four but Heidelberg, this is where i tend to disagree with you is that you can go either way of how you feel about it um the company of wolves i thought the wolves you know the fact that it was tied into the plot point of the movie you know was just a little too on the nose for me um so i put them at number three doctor how do you say miracle miracle Miracle. Not just miracle uh, for tongue, right? Anything about miracle. Don't say that. No. All right. Miracle. <laughs> um, I, I actually enjoyed this unibrow in this movie. You know, I thought it was just, it was on point. Uh, I think because of this watch, because it was the first time watch for me. I think all these movies were actually, were actually, so I put that at number two, but I'm right with you, man. Patrick had the dopest unibrow for this entire month because you know again his eyes were wide open it was menacing you know he had that piercing those piercing blue eyes with that unibrow that would almost seem natural even if it wasn't yeah so what about you Jacqueline well I'm surprised all three of us are going to have different rankings I kind of thought we we might end up with the same rankings but alas uh number four for me is Alexandria from Don't Panic it's lovely, but she's like a, a nice, you know, benevolent character. And it's I, I do give it credit for being natural, but it doesn't really like play its own part in the movie, yeah. I would say. I think I know what your number one is. You probably yeah, do. So do I. You probably so do. do you guys know me too well by now. Mm. I, I, uh, I do. Number three for me is actually Patrick. Mm, what? Yeah. But, Pat, but, he, yes. but it leapt out of the bed. The gonads. The gonads. Galloping, Galloping gonads. Come on. <laughs> Uh, it was a solid unibrow however i cannot rank it higher than my number two choice which is dr miracle 
from murders in the room more because I, I have to say Bella Lugosi's unibrow was far more sinister mm. than Patrick's and it was lit better. Uh just the yeah, shadows. But, but Patrick's was litty. You it know was I mean? like, <laughs> it was his brow. It was no. lit with such chiaroscuro, like dark and light mm-hmm, yeah. and shadows and angle, like every angle of his brow was throwing shadows somewhere else. It was just, uh, you know, it was very dramatic and sinister. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bella Lugosi totally beats Patrick. I mean, it's Bella Lugosi, so I get that. What yeah. are you any Like, how could you hate on that? Yeah. So, and then, of course, my number one choice, which you probably guessed, is The Company of Wolves. Because it's plot um, really. Because it, it was not natural, but it was prominently featured in its in in throughout the movie, and it was the only um, occurrence of the unibrow in this entire unibrow themed month in which the unibrow explicitly played a part in the story. Yeah, and that's so, a good point. So I I, I got to give it the number one spot for that because yeah. it's like without the unibrow, the movie could not have been the same movie. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that's that about amazing. any of the others. Yeah, yeah so, right, like right. how how many movies can you say it's that the poster about? child of this whole thing that we're doing? It really thing. is. So yeah. to me, that's the clear the clear choice for number one. But I respect y'all's rankings as well. Um, Rob, have you seen all four of these movies? I or have no? seen yeah. all four films. Would you like to? Would you like to rank them? Yeah. I, would say, I would say yeah. Don't panic. Last one. That's number four. It's so great. Great film. Just kind mm-hmm. of yeah. It's number four. I would say uh, for me. Uh, Company of Wolves is number three. It's also still great. I'm gonna go with Patrick at number two, and then I'm you know because I'm a huge Bella Lugosi fan. I man, that brow kicks ass. That's number one for me. Uh, that's <laughs> weird because you just you just shoveled shit all over this movie for the last hour and a half. <laughs> I know. Somehow, I wasn't shoveling somehow shit. Somehow his brow is number great. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if now? Now you guys have to rank all the brows that I wore every episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my favorite. That's my okay, favorite. Declan one. already the said one, that. Yeah, yeah. The one that you have right now. This one's pretty good. It's your comfortable bandana. too. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm trying to go for like bandana. an old Hogan. Oh yeah, brother. What you coming for? You coming for me, brother? Twenty-four inch pythons, brother. Yeah. What are you gonna Ooh. do when I when these twenty-four inch pythons run and these nineteen-inch pythons run wild now, on you, brother? You gotta rip your shirt now, brother. Maybe they might be sixteens. I don't know. It's been a while. Everybody laughed. All right, yeah, twenty-four inch pythons. Here we go, John. I Me like you, your Robert. arms are good, man, and that those tattoos. Yeah, they do. Dope, man. I like that sleeve. Yeah. Have you had any work done recently? No, actually, uh, I haven't gotten a tattoo in like a year. I need some. I think it's oh, cathartic. Well, I think I need. Last a one I got was that covering up my. That's the Lord of the Rings, right there. It is actually no one, that lets a... you into um, Narnia. Hold on, it's a microphone, like I'm talking to. And oh, you're... cool. Shh, shh, shh. It's on mute. <laughs> so anywho um are we gonna do trivia Jacqueline is there any trivia for this one uh there there is a little but we pretty much already covered it just naturally throughout the course of the episode so I don't actually really have anything to add now because oh, uh, Robert is such a thorough historian slash archaeologist yeah you got um, all the bugs. So- yeah. yeah, I would say like the only thing I would say like the, there were several remakes that were done of this film if you're curious, go ahead and check them out. I think um, a lot of them are available for free right now. Some of them are up on Tubi. Uh, but check uh, check out the one from the 50s. I think that one might be the best iteration of like this film. And if you're looking for something real wacky, go to the 70s version. That yeah. is a wild fucking film. That check makes, that alone makes me want to watch it first. Yeah, same. 
Yep. Nice. Wait. So, so okay. So so Rob, real quick, do you think the one from the fifties pays closer attention to the short story from uh, Poe? In, in some ways, yes, but it also kind of deviates. Like no one really captures exactly what Poe is doing, and maybe because it's a short story, that maybe they feel like it can't really, really be made into a, a like a longer movie. Yeah. Mm. But there's a there's definitely um a somewhat of a like a Pavlov's dogs uh thing that they go with in the fifties version that I I don't want to get I don't want to say more because I I want I want people to watch it to check it out because it's really good. Okay. okay, good to know. Even though it's from the fifties, it's yeah. good. It's real good, <laughs> and it's in color. So that's like that's oh, like shit. Rob's threshold. He doesn't watch movies made too far after that, like that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, based off of my picks on the Cinemigos. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Nice, nice plug. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I think that just about does it, not only for Murders in the Room Morgue, but also for our whole month of Browvember. No. I know. We'll we'll be sad to say goodbye, but it was a, a great month. And, in the cold, uh, no brow. I'm going to rip out my, my unibrow in disgust. <laughs> yeah i'm about to rip mine off oh ow that could be painful um mm. i recommend some aloe afterwards uh but yeah it's been a great month we'll always have these episodes that we can go back and revisit and re-experience all the fun that we've had and you know what well we have many more months ahead of us on this show we can always come up with new themes and new ideas and i think we've learned something that when one of us comes up with a stupid joke we should absolutely do it for real that's yeah, right. Like and... <laughs> no. So, no. no, 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 no. Let's do an entire month of uh, boobs. Shut up. We'll call it booby month, and it'll oh bother my. John and Jacqueline at the same time. <laughs> booby, booby wary. Not, I don't you know, know what? Booby wary is fine. Booby wary is fine with me. Just don't do an entire month of Rob Zombie movies anymore. I mean. Yeah. Oh well, now we have to. Uh, how, about spider, how about Spider? How about Spider One? Yeah, we got his other one that was Drag Me to the Grave or whatever. That might be a great idea. Bury the Bride. No, I think we covered all the Rob Zombie. No, we didn't. Fuck. Oh, I'm definitely picking Lords of Salem next year. Absolutely. I'm good with that, Jacqueline. I. I... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just don't pick any of the remakes. Jacqueline, don't you mean the Brows of Salem? The brows of Salem. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, next week is yes. actually Hyderberg's pick. It's the first time any of us has actually picked a film for two months now. So next week, it's Hyderberg's pick. Hyderberg, yeah. do you want to share with the people what your pick is? Yes. Next week? My pick next week is 1983's Videodrome, a David Cronenberg oh, yeah. film. Oh, yeah. Can I say can I say something? Yes. Yeah. I've never fucking seen that movie. Well, you are sure as hell about to. Like a Cinemigo moment here. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm sharing something with you. I I like Cronenberg. I I love The Fly. I I thought The Fly was awesome. Yeah. Um, But I've never seen this movie, but I've always heard about it. Yeah. Nice. Um, James Woods is in it. Don't be offended. Um, Piece of candy. Piece of candy. Piece of candy. candy. Um, (laughs) Deborah Harry's in this too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Blondie. Yeah. yeah, she looks amazing too. Fucking yeah. a. It's, yeah, it's an interesting film. It'll be fun to uh, talk about. 
I'm excited and for I, you to experience it for the first time, John. It, I am too. And I, I'm very excited to finally pick a movie that I wanted to watch to <laughs> yeah, share right. with you guys yeah. after two months. Hey. Well, you can look forward to that. Um, let's see. Uh, t- two weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Hey, you're right after weeks? me, buddy. Keep waiting. Oh, hey, I, I got to wait three weeks. Hey, this has been fun. To be honest, like these themes months, I that to be honest, I never even thought about like, oh, I don't get to pick this one. It was just like, I don't know. Brow Vamba was like a who, who, whatever, whatever. It was like roulette, you know, just. Hyderberg, I give you a huge amount of credit. I don't know what your process was for finding those four movies for Brow Vember, but you picked four really good films mm-hmm. to talk about. So I, I cross analyzed um, them and then I did a Google Doc and I cross analyzed that and I sent that out <laughs> and, to the supercomputer in the dark web and then they, they spit it back out and. Yeah. Well, I want to say two things. I I agree with Jacqueline. Great picks this month, Hydraberg. And then I want to give Rob a lot of credit. Also, Andy, who's not here with us because he had to work tonight. But they were with us when we mentioned the unibrow. I call it a unibrow, but talking to you, Hydraberg, you call it a unibrow. Mm -hmm. However, Rob and Andy were on our prom night uh, episode, which is what brought that up. That, right. that was yeah. that was the Blue. seed that germinated this whole what, idea. What I learned about uh, my time with you guys through Browember <laughs> and through Prom Night is that not always, but most cases, if you got a union bro, you're evil in a movie. Yeah, at least <laughs> a douchebag sometimes yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, oh, even on the Cinemigos, we did Yojimbo, who also has a unibrow character. It does, uh, yeah, and we speak on it. Definitely. You know, Kichi. Uh, so if you haven't seen Yojimbo, yeah. go ahead and watch that movie, and then listen to the episode <laughs> of the Cinemigos. And then there, in, in Princess Bride, there's the little witch lady in the dream I mentioned, where her, her instead of a unibrow, her brow's like jumping off the side of her face. like They're like really hairy brows, and they're both going off the sides. <laughs> so instead of a unibrow, they're dividing. It's like a dividing brow, like He's trying to find every weird runaway character, character in film. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, last week, uh, Amy was on the show and she had a unibrow and a mullet. Oh, yes. Time. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm waiting for. I just, I want that. I yeah. want that she film. started glowing like the Infinity Gauntlet and then she powered <laughs> down. Like, it was too much. It was too much power. She snapped her fingers. Half of us disappeared. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, next week, Videodrome, go watch it. If you want to send us uh, some photos of your own unibrow or you Mm want to rank our four movies, we would love to hear your rankings of the four unibrows this month. Uh, So please feel free to email us at acutabovehorrorreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X at cutabovehorror. You can follow us on Instagram at acutaboveoneword.horror underscore review. I also want to give a Rob plug. Uh, make sure you go follow them. <laughs> Circle of Jerks podcast on YouTube. Just go search for them. Also, uh, Rob, John, and our buddy Hydraberg, Cinemigos. Fantastic episode this past weekend, which is um, Diamonds Are Forever. Make sure you go follow them. Also, follow us on Facebook, A Cut Above, colon, Horror Review. Get the five-star reviews to Cinemigos to A Cut Above Horror Review. And uh, make sure you follow um, Circle of Jerks. Please do. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rob, was there anything else you wanted to talk about or say before we sign Uh, off for today? Yeah, like I would say, we got got a great uh, episode that just came out on the Cinemigos. Diamonds Are Forever, that's out this week. We got Dirty Harry coming out next week. So check that out. Um, 
which is my pick. It's awesome. Mm. Uh, Circle of Jerks, we are wrapping up our uh, – actually, we're doing a Universal Twist Month for our for our Tuesday live stream. So we're doing kind of a twist on the Universal Monsters. We're finishing up with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen tomorrow. And um, we are going to finish up with uh, Government Conspiracies Month. So we're going to do like the conversation, Enemy of the State, and Blowout, I believe, to finish up the the rest of the nice. year. And I love Nancy Allen so much. She's so hot. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. So and we like I said, we had John on to do Peeping Tom. Uh, we, we got a couple of more episodes coming out for the uh, the main show. We got our Christmas special. We're going to do a Hanukkah episode and uh, we got another special guest coming on. I was also on a, a, a great podcast called Making Tarantino, the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a cool show, Islands, uh, which is, I think, the greatest spaghetti Western ever made. Uh, so go ahead and check out him on, on, uh, Spotify. He's, he's really great. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of great stuff going on. I'm, I'm busy. I got, I'm recording a lot (laughs) over the next few weeks. Very busy. Yeah. Yeah. Busy fellow. Uh, yeah. So everybody definitely go check out all those different things that Rob's got going on. Um, this is a creative bunch Mm y'all creative bunch. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing John and Heinderberg back here next week for Videodrome. And keep it browy.